the internet and affiliated podcast aggregation systems present AJ Kim and the Worst Garbage Dot Online Theater on the Tubes in Season 3, Episode 1 of Asynchronous. and gentlemen, the editor and co-host of Asynchronous, A.J. Falleri. We know now that in the years 1944, 1985, 2024, and 2065, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. And not much else. Seriously, does anybody know what's going on in this game? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name's AJ. My name is Kim. This is... Is this the energy for season three? This this is the energy for season three. This is how I will be talking the entire time. I will not talk faster or slower than this, and I will not raise my voice or inflect uh, too much, because I do not wish to scare anybody. I don't wish to shock their system any more than their system will be shocked by just hearing the stuff going on in this fucking video game. It is... uh, It is a wild... It's a wild Wild. ride. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's season three. Jesus Christ. season three, we're playing... 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Yes. And holy shit. Holy shit, gang. Uh, We've played the prologue, which is, uh, for me, took me about four hours. It took Um, me like five and a half, but I also take notes the way that I do. So Sure. Yeah, I I actually made a point this time to only play in front of my computer so that I could, I actually have started a a Discord server for myself. Oh, that's right. A Discord server for myself so I can keep notes. uh, And so each chapter is in its own thread. And so as the scenes were playing out, I was just furiously click clacking away. And that was something too. I didn't turn off the auto scroll for the text. I just had it keep going and was just like smashing my keyboard as it was going. No, I had to turn it off. It went way too fast for me both both on a note-taking level but also just on an emotional level um (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so we will be spoiling up through the prologue um which in this game is the first seven uh character stories and seven battles Mm. the battles are less spoilable i think but regardless that is what we will be spoiling so if you're playing along with us at home uh and do not wish to have that spoiled stop right now finish the play that first four hours and then Come back. Yes. For the rest of you, you have to wait because I, I'm assuming Kim has bullshit today. <gasps> I, I don't. I don't. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about because I was like, I'm not I don't want to do bullshit for the first. I like to okay. uh, yeah, yeah, establish yeah. like I, I like to have a, a playing field from sure. which we are operating in the right. world of the podcast before I start right. with the bullshit. Okay. I did think about doing some moving themed bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Completely untethered from the game because that's yeah. where my head has been um, for what feels like the past like six months. But um, uh-huh. I actually finally moved this yeah. week um, and my life has just been boxes. But I did. I did not do that. Sure. Because I thought we have a lot going on in this game. Yeah, I think this game brings its own amount of bullshit. 
It's um, uh, yeah. I mean, instantly. I, don't get it twisted. I will come next week with bullshit. But <laughs> sure. um, the the getting situated in this game, it's like mm. getting dropped into. I feel like like if you took me out of like the 1300s and dropped me mm. into <laughs> Times Square present day, that's how <laughs> I feel. <laughs> okay, so like complete <laughs> system the overload of this game. Yeah, complete like yeah. I don't know which way is up yeah. that's how i felt starting this video game and mm-hmm. then eventually hit my stride and it it got uh easier to take in yeah <sighs> but yeah it's yeah. um even now i'm rambling because sure. i don't know how to even begin yeah so i think um i think a good good place to start is that this is the first time i've opened a video game and thought wow these company logos are fucking sick <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I don't know what it was about the presentation of these logos all the way at the beginning, (laughs) all the way at the beginning from from hitting a on my Nintendo switch home screen, something about this, like cryware and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. other stuff helped that makes the game do what games do. That stuff was awesome. (laughs) I don't know why it was so cool, but it was fucking sick. It's funny that you bring up the like game logos at the beginning because (laughs) I the first note I have here is that the title screen is cool. It's fucking cool, dude. Screen. So it it like pans in and you see all of the protagonists sort of like looking out over this like destroyed city. And there yeah. is this like diegetic music happening. <sighs> That's like it sounds like far away, and there's like yeah. like wind. It, the you know it sounds like someone's like playing it you know a block away, and you're kind of like hearing it sort of like echo down this like destroyed street. Yeah, yeah. And then the moment you and it's like you know press any button to to proceed, and then the moment you do that, it becomes <sighs> non diegetic. Yeah, and the the character in the center turns around, yeah. and their head is now facing you. Oh, my. it's sick. It's and very the song cool. is good. The song is really good. I, I there was a point last night where like I I forgot what I was doing. I I like got distracted by something and just sort of like let the song play in the background yeah. and I was really vibing. That's so good. Uh, Amazing digital unboxing experience for this video game. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So great stuff. Great start. And Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I guess we should clarify. I am playing with the English voice acting. I am, too. Yeah, Yeah. I I tend to do it lately, especially for um, for us. I like it Mm because like. It just makes it easier for me to take notes because I don't have to be looking at the screen. Um, The voice acting in this game is phenomenal. It's It's pretty good. Really good. I've been enjoying it a lot. I haven't been super blown away by any of the specific performance, but I do. I do have one call out in a little bit. I do, too. And I, OK, I am curious I, if it's the same one. I, I, I have a feeling it is. We'll find out. Um, but we'll find out. So the very yes, you, you press start and you begin the video game. There is an, emer- an important emergency broadcast talking about uh, giant creatures attacking the city. And then uh, a girl 
hits a start button on her thigh mm-hmm. and then a huge robot shows up <laughs> <laughs> and she goes into the robot and she goes into the robot um it's worth noting too i thought it was cool like sh- we see all of these people like running away from danger and yes. she's like running, running in yeah in the opposite direction yeah. um yeah. good stuff it's very sick uh the art oh. is in- incredible the art is phenomenal oh. in this game it's, it's good it's it's wild to me that like the art in the visual novel part of the game mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Yeah. And the combat <laughs> it's undecipherable. Looks like dog shit. <laughs> I'm so well, like uh we'll get we'll get we'll there get soon. There. But like yeah. holy shit. Um really stark differences. Um so yeah, she a mech lands, she mm-hmm. gets transported into it. Mm-hmm. And then we get what is it like a voiceover? No, I think we see uh, who we soon find oh, out right. is Juro. Juro, we see him and he says, it's really happening just like you said. Uh, a kaiju attack attacked just like in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, do what we have to do, get in our robots and fight. Uh-huh. And then says our fate was sealed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then we fade to black, right? Yeah. Um, and it and it basically like launches into the, the combat screen. Um the girl who we saw, her name is Iori. She, we see her in the robot. She is naked. Everyone is yes. naked in the robots. Yes. Um, just, just as I forget if we talked about this with Chris Plant or if he just mentioned it uh, on a recent episode of The Besties. No, it, it was yeah, we talked about it. It was it was at least brought up. Why? 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 <laughs> yeah, why no, are they there naked? Is, <laughs> there is so far no justification, no. and I don't think any justification would make it okay. Maybe yeah, maybe they'll bring it up, but um, it's it's just very bizarre. Obviously, you're not. Um, they like hide all of the uh, what would be uh, profane bits, but yeah. um, it's, it's it's weird. It's egregious. It's really bad. Honestly, yeah. I'm gonna just say it. All of the the the, the male the the male mm-hmm. portraits of the of the 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 male students in the mm-hmm. students. We should clarify. They are all high school. Yeah, they're students, all high school students. Um, in the robots, they're all just like you know from various angles, but they're still looking forward, and mm-hmm. you can like see like the top of their shoulder, or mm-hmm. like maybe part of their chest. But all of the female students yeah. are like you can see the entire like side of Iori's body, mm-hmm. and it like. Like just cuts off right before like you would see her ass or yeah. whatever. And it's just like you see you get some uh, side boob. It's yeah, yeah, it's very much it is like a suggestive, a sexually suggestive uh Right. Pose. And and they're all like looking all like over the their camera, shoulders. The camera angles for them, they're all like looking over their shoulder. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I hate it and I, I will never be okay with it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's a lot of that in this game. There is a fair amount of of gaziness in this game mm-hmm. directed at these literal children. Yeah. So that's something that's extremely not OK. And I don't like it. And I will constantly be upset about that throughout yeah. the entirety of this game. Mm-hmm. So just that. Ha- let's just have that be said. It's it's bad. And I'm not going to bring it up every time, because if we brought it up every time, then I think we would yeah, not have it, a podcast. Probably get boring. But um, yeah, it sure happens. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, she gets contacted by someone named Renya Goto. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, the area is under attack by D forces. You need to control your sentinel with your mind with the link system of nanomachines. <laughs> nanomachines in your brain. It's just like all of this like info dump yeah. to weird hand wavy tech information coming at you all at once. Yeah. Um, and then it immediately launches you into the combat tutorial. Yeah. And right, right before uh, Goto says, you know, you, cr- you need to control the sentinels with, with the nanomachines in your brain. She says, are you like Akun from the future? Just like, hey, what? what? 
Um, I totally missed that. I didn't. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So we just we, now that makes sense to me. From the start of this game, there are giant robots. There are kaiju, which, if you don't know, are just like Godzilla type creatures, mm-hmm. um, just like huge monsters that attack cities. In this case, they all seem to be mechanical. Which they do also all seem to be mechanical. I, at one point, they do say created. It's very weird. Yeah. It's yeah. it's. We don't know anything about that yet, but yeah. I have a lot of questions about it. I have I have a I have an inkling. Yeah. Um, but but we can we can get to that mm-hmm. in a bit, I think, maybe. I don't know. We could talk about it right now if you wanted. Sure. I, I, I think it's like I'm, a not, ter- I'm not doing anything. I, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Terminator situation. There's like Skynet exists mm-hmm. and is now mm-hmm. just making these robots or machines yeah. to destroy. That would make sense. But they call them D-forces, which is short for Deimos, um, which is the word they use usually, not every, not all the time, not but it's the, the word time. they usually use instead of kaiju. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do some fighting. Worth noting, this is wave one. Uh, yes. That's how the combat is sort of labeled each each combat. Yeah, wave zero, 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 one. And um, this one, I think, is just Iori and Juro. Yeah, Juro shows up and he calls himself Juro Karabe. Mm-hmm. Juro, I keep saying Juro. Juro Karabe. <laughs> um, and then Goto is like, oh, Izumi. Yeah. And he's like, I see your memories have come back. And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <they> what? <haven't. laughs> um, and I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he says something like, I I can't let this turn out like Sector 3. I remember doing this in my dreams. Right. I remember fighting in my dreams. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you do this little like combat tutorial. And yeah. then once you're done, uh, you are told that the beginning of Juro's story is now available. Yes. The story of Juro Karabe. Mm-hmm. I would just like to say, I think calling this a tutorial is generous because it's just <laughs> like, it, it teaches you how to do the thing, but it's also just like, keep hitting the A button and we'll put the cursor where it needs to be, it, which I think honestly is the perfect thing to do for the situation because there is so much happening on these combat screens. I can't, I, <laughs> I've, I've grown to enjoy it more Yes. By the end of this prologue. Mm-hmm. But I hated this combat <laughs> for like the first three waves. Yeah. Like I said, it looks terrible and it's just like not nothing about it feels intuitive. It's real time strategy, which I don't I don't know. It, there's a lot going on all at once. Mm. I don't ever actually really know who I should be controlling in any given moment mm-hmm. or what I should be doing. I'm just mm-hmm. pushing buttons and hoping that it works out. Okay. Um, very likely that it's some, I'm on normal right now. Um, yeah. but very likely that I switch over to casual oh. at some point. Cause I just, again, like I found it to be satisfying as I've like gotten more used to it, but it is mm-hmm. really not my jam. Yeah. We can, we'll, we'll talk more about it. it, mm-hmm. it uh, the, the the combat are the things that break up each of these stories. So we get a story and then we get a combat and then we get a story and then we get a mm-hmm. combat and we get a story and a combat. And then we will address how the rest of the game will go uh, at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. I suppose. But for now, we are moving into the story of Juro Karabe. Um, and he is in school mm-hmm. now. Sakura High School. This is yes. May 1985. The Times are very important (laughs) yes yes the time periods are important (laughs) yeah the first thing we see he's like in his classroom um and school has just ended and the first thing juro says is this again what is going on yeah yeah cool uh and then we meet our friend uh who says come on let's go home uh and juro says i get this weird feeling sometimes like something is off 
going mm-hmm. to school, living my life. It's like I'm not supposed to be here. Then we get our first uh, thought mm-hmm. bubble, um, yeah. thought cloud, uh, which is a core function of this game uh, in the visual novel portions are these thought cloud things. So basically somebody can say something or your character can say something and then you'll see a little notification at the top of your screen. That says, you know, whatever word has been added to the thought cloud. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it was Kutashiba had been added to your thought cloud. So you can hit X to consider. And then you go into this kind <laughs> of like they assume this like hand on chin thinking mm-hmm. animation. And they're just like sitting there and you can walk around while they're while they have that, which is really, they, yeah, it's just a really great fun touch to just have them walking around with their hand <laughs> on their chin. Um, um, and then you can consider uh, Kutashiba. And he says, oh, he's a class clown, blah, 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 blah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Great. They're both movie buffs. Yes, they yeah. love sci-fi movies and videotapes because it is 1985. It's 1985. Recently, they watched the movie that was basically Pacific Rim, and now they're <laughs> trying. They're trying to get a movie that is basically. I think it's like the original version of that, right? Isn't it like? Oh yeah, it's like the original Godzilla. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah. It's <laughs> like Dimos versus Mechadimos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they've they. It's like this long running series of yeah. of kaiju films. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like they're, you know, they're trying to get the original version or no, they're actually. Um, oh, we don't know what the video is. I we don't know what it is. OK, I didn't write it down and I wasn't sure if I if we didn't it, know. What these it was. are other films that they talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing. This game is extremely referential and it's doing so. it on purpose. And it's also tr- making sure that you know that it is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are constantly bringing up. You know, they're all like movie buffs or like into sci-fi or something in some way. Um, and it constantly comes up in like basically every single story, some 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 type of, of science fiction media. Mm-hmm. We see that Iori is in uh, Juro's class. She is sleeping. <laughs> um, apparently you wake her up at some point and she was uh, saying that she had a weird dream. Um, she's like, oh, Juro, you were there. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, then Shiba interrupts you and um, she leaves. <laughs> Shiba talks about how he wants to hang out with someone named Amiguchi, who is apparently like a smart, rich, athletic, popular kid who has all the coolest, latest video games <laughs> here in 1985. And uh, yeah. a, a girl in class asks Juro to take some papers to uh, the nurse's office. And so we're going to go... the. Pr- ideas you know the boys want to go look for amaguchi to see if he's around to hang out but first juro's gonna take these papers to miss morimura's office yeah um and i think this is the point where i realized oh wait a minute the voice actor for kyoto shiba is the same guy who voiced caspar in fire emblem three houses <laughs> i thought that might be him it sounded so familiar yep. that yep. makes so much sense um so our, our good friend shiba is Caspar. So that was great. Immediately ingratiated me to him. I was like, yes, I love you so much. I'm glad we're friends. Yeah, he's a um, fun character. Yeah. So we basically tell Caspar, uh, <laughs> Juro can't go talk to Amaguchi. We have to take these papers to the nurse. I'll meet you, you know, wh- mm-hmm. wherever after school. So then we head on over to the nurse, Miss mm-hmm. Morimura. Yes. We arrive and we see a file uh, for Juro Izumi, but that's not our name. Our name's Jiro Karabe. It says, uh, psyche stabilized, patient is ob- obedient and medicated. Cool notes to have mm-hmm. on a student. <laughs> uh, and just at that moment, uh, Miss Morimura uh-huh. breasts boobily into the room. <laughs> 
That was good. We uh, we got to talk about it. Um, this is something that I oh, I feel like I've been warned about every time yes. someone has recommended this game. I mean, it's just an absurd character design. Yeah. She just has like huge tits for no reason. So yeah. large, in fact, that she has to fold her Hold arms them. to support them. And yeah. I, I presumably bra technology has reached a point here in 1985 where she shouldn't have to do that. Sure. And spoiler alert, she definitely shouldn't have to do that because we have technology from the future in this universe. So it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, It's extremely ridiculous and it stinks. And they do like kind of make a joke about it at one point um, because another, I guess, spoiler for later, she like shows up in like a full ass cat suit, just like a leather cat suit. And then uh, the one wakes up is like, ah, the like busty nurse in a cat suit in every boy's dream. It's like, why are we addressing it? And then not really like really dealing with it. We're just like, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. Isn't it great that we realize that we're doing this on purpose and it's like hey no it's not <laughs> yeah um i yeah, have a lot anyway. to say about the cat suit scene yeah um that being said uh in this scene she has a cool ponytail with a braid headband and it looks yeah. very nice it looks great good hairstyle <laughs> uh she asks about his condition Current and he's condition. like yeah he's like what do you what do you mean she's like oh i don't know are you experiencing any heart palpitations dizziness headaches there's a cold going around because <laughs> those are all cold symptoms <laughs> yeah uh, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm okay. And she's like, okay, well, I'll give you some medicine just in case, which is like not a thing. Did you notice AJ in this scene? And I noticed mm. this because I, you probably didn't notice this because, because I had turned off, um, auto advance. Oh, okay. I, I paused in the middle of this conversation. She like walks up to him when she's asking him about this mm. and it's very close to him. And Oh, yeah. Yep. His eyes are looking down and then in the middle of like what she's saying and then you advance the thing and he Mm -hmm. looks back up at her face. I did notice that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. It was 2021 when this game came out. Give me a fucking break. Anyway, I I at least like I don't know. Oh, man, I'm going to make a comparison. And if it's like totally unwarranted, you just tell me to the to fuck off and I'll cut it out of the show. But <laughs> it's like Manuela in Three Houses. Mm-hmm. But at least Manuela's like that is a core part of Manuela's character is that it she is. loves to fuck and show off her tits. Yes, it is. No, I, I, I agree with you. And maybe we'll find out that, that this is like part of her character at some point. But she is a school nurse She's at this point. nurse. <laughs> but I guess yeah. to be fair, Manuela is a teacher as well. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Garrick Mock operates under very different yeah. rules. Um, yeah. But it's but just... yeah, like with Manuela, it's like she's like a sex positive queen, I think is what we right. called her. Um, yeah. And it's like kind of it's part of the vibe. This is yeah. just like so it just feels especially yeah. gratuitous. Yeah. It's um, yeah. just like she exists to be ogled by these teen boys, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, she offers him a Z pack and he's like, no. <laughs> Um, and, uh, at this point, cute Shiva comes and saves us from her massive Mm. tits and, uh, (laughs) says that we couldn't find, he couldn't find Tamaguchi. So, um, let's just go to the video store. Yep. Uh, and then we fast forward a bit. The video we wanted was rented. So instead we got Daimos versus Mechadimos, which is just Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Um, the masterpiece from 1974, which is a thing they do a lot in this game Mm -hmm. is when they're having conversations like, oh, I loved this movie from 1968. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Don't let the Wikipedia article it at me. Yeah. It is interesting that like 
I guess maybe it's a licensing thing because, yeah, we have this like <laughs> fake Godzilla. The yeah. um, E.T. is referenced later and that yeah. is a, a fake name. Yeah. War of the Worlds, though, is is not. Um, it's probably out of War of the World. I, I do think it might be. The, I, I think that's we're, we'll talk about it later because we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about War of the Worlds. I do believe it's been done so many times because I think the copyright is mm-hmm. up on it or whatever. The, it's it's public domain. Public domain. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yes. So, yeah, they chat about that for a little bit. Um, and then they're on their way home and someone walks by who Jiro recognizes. He um, refers to him as uh, Keitara Miura. And he's talking to himself about how a sentinel won't activate. Yeah. Really quick. I'm sorry. This mm-hmm. is like a key part of this uh, thing. But I just want to I just really want to quick talk about uh, something that happened when we were in the classroom and happens again here outside. There are just scenes happening in the backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like there's it's like, you know, a, a faded out um, like text box and you can Mm -hmm. hear the person talking and like these scenes just play out regardless of what you are doing as you're the player you're you're the character you're controlling at the time and i think that is so cool and i'm really curious to see if we ever end up in those conversations with the like Jiro conversations happening in the background oh Um, that's so interesting yeah probably yeah because the nature the nature of this game you know we are playing as a bunch of different students here Mm -hmm. at a bunch of different times um and I believe Iori was involved in that conversation as well as uh a character we meet later uh Tomi and I think Megumi Mm -hmm. as well but yeah so I'm curious to see if we come back to those conversations and I just I think it's like a really cool thing that really makes this world feel i don't know alive i guess yeah it Um, it adds like a like there are a lot of layers right exactly happening in this game um in like every sense of the word uh narratively and Mm. and so it is cool to sort of like to see those those moments play out um that is another reason why i like having auto advance turned off Mm. um because when that would start happening, I would just like hands off the controller and let that scene play out so <laughs> yeah. I can listen to it. Yeah. Um, it was convenient for that, <laughs> for yeah, that no. purpose. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So sorry. Fast forwarding back. We, we see Keitara Miura talking about his sentinel not turning on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like a little freaked out. And <laughs> sorry, I thought you were about to call him a little freak. I was like, what? He's, he's a little freak. <laughs> he's a little freak. I was like, what information <laughs> do you have that I don't? Uh, none yet. And he has, he like takes, he's wearing a hat and he like takes it off and there's like a glowing scar on his yeah. forehead and Jiro's like what's that and reaches out and touches <laughs> Touch. him yeah. don't touch people without their permission um and his hand starts lighting up like that too <gasps> and Keitara's like oh this is not good mm-hmm. the word start appears uh sort of like holographically near Jiro's hand we hear a voice that says sentinel number 13 transmitting and in the background a mech lands yeah and Keitara's cool like Cool neck. Um, He said he summoned a sentinel. It looks different. Mm. And Juro recognizes it as a robot from, he says that movie. I assume he means Dimos versus Mechadimos or whatever. Yeah, maybe. And Shiva is like, (laughs) Uh send that thing back. Okino's damn code. He added a forced activation protocol. (laughs) This will be interesting. You leave me no choice. I'm going to need you to forget about this for now. And like a laser beam (laughs) flashes across the screen. Juro grabs his forehead. It fades to white. And we just see to be continued. Iori's story is now available. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
that part is so fucking sick. It fucks me up. Yeah. I was like, what's happening? Shiba is so casual about the entire thing. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, bummer. I'm going to need you to forget about this. I'm going to need you to forget yeah. about this. So, so yeah. yeah. It's uh, wild. It's awesome. It's so good. And then we don't see him, unfortunately, for the rest of the prologue, um, yeah. which is a bummer. But so, so fucking <laughs> nuts. <laughs> like, it just, it, yeah, it's just a wild start to the game. And it, it <sighs> really, it really gave me whiplash yeah. in, in a way that I did not enjoy <laughs> oh. at the time. It just the between like the combat being the way it was mm. and the the narrative parts felt so dense mm-hmm. i was just like mm-hmm. i don't know oh my god like yeah. it was it was overwhelming <laughs> in a like in both senses yeah for sure um it wasn't until a few stories from now when we get to natsuno's story that's when i don't know what was different but it just really started to click with me yeah. and i was all in and yeah. i texted you like this is so fucking good i'm yeah. all in yeah i think the thing about natsuno's story is it's kind of self-contained in a way it's accessible too bit, i think it probably helps that it is yeah. um it's based on et it is et yeah <laughs> And uh, that is obviously not obviously, but it happens to be like a property that I'm familiar with. So I was like, okay, I have a touchstone here. <laughs> obviously, I'm, uh, I'm clearly an ET person. I, you, as everyone knows, um, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll get there. So anyway, Iori's Iori's story, the story of Iori Fuyasaka. She's tired and she's late for school in 1985. Indeed. She's just talking about the dreams not leaving her alone. Um, and she says, I'm losing beauty sleep. Um, <laughs> runs into a person, falls down. There's fully just like a panty shot, which sucks. Um, oh, my God. I missed that. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. She's like on the ground and the way that she fell, like you could just see her underwear, which is like, hey, this still sucks. I just... I hate. Yeah. Ugh, I'm going to rant for a little bit. I just hate when a game is I, I like. Is there? Can we not have one game? I mean, I know there are a lot. There are plenty of games that are like this, but I just it's such a bummer mm-hmm. to be playing a game that is so good and just be like, I just have to overlook just like, <laughs> you know, this barrage of misogyny or homophobia or like whatever. It's yeah. just oh, it's such a bummer. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, the guy says something about an uncanny resemblance um, and she like clearly is immediately like infatuated with him because I guess he's mm-hmm. cute. Um, uh, <laughs> and then she runs away. We cut to class and uh, just worth noting, she dropped her student ID. Oh, right. And he, he found it. Yes. And picked it up. So, yes. Now now we're back in class. Yes, we're in class asleep again. Um <laughs> Friends wake us up and it's Tomi Kisaragi and Miwako Sawatari. Um, Mm -hmm. These names are fine when they're in front of me, but I know as soon as I continue scrolling, they are going to disappear. Um, Absolutely. There's so many characters. Yeah. So we find out this is uh, their first day of their first year of high school. Yes. Miwako is, it's Iori's like good friend who she's been friends with forever. Tomi is like a a new friend that they've just met in class. Um, Oh my God. She she makes this comment about how she's like, oh, yeah, I went to middle school kind of far away. Yeah. And I now understand why she was being weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, I was like, Tommy's being weird about where she went to middle school. I, I was like, oh, she's an alien. Um, <laughs> okay. Still could be. Yeah. But uh, yeah. she when she said kind of far away, she did not mean distance wise. No. Uh, she meant temporally. <gasps> anyway. Spoilers. Spoilers for the thing we're going to spoil later. Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> also, uh, Tomi, who also goes by the nickname Usami, she she knows Goto, who is apparently like a popular kid at school. Mm-hmm. We just sort of touch upon that, mm-hmm. uh, but doesn't really get further explored here. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as we're talking about boys, um, Iori mentions that she she ran into some guy who was kind of cute. I mean, Wako's like, oh, my God, it's love at first sight. I love this it's so much. It's destiny. This is your meat cute. <laughs> It's meant to be. She's supposed to be this like oh, romantic. It's really um, good. And it's it's very cute. I yeah. like Miwako a lot. And she loves crepes. Mm-hmm. Crepes. Yes. Crepes. Uh, <laughs> also, in this moment, cute guy gets added to the thought cloud. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote, which is relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I don't know if you've noticed this. It, it took me a bit. I think I probably missed some. Sometimes you'll get new thoughts on old thought clouds mm-hmm. um, and it'll show it'll just show up in like the top right you'll get a little like blinky notification which i didn't notice for a bit even though the game literally told me that it was there i was like okay but it'll tell me like exactly what gets at it but sometimes you get additional thoughts on things um yeah which is fun but anyway um Mm -hmm. there was something really funny to me tommy's well sorry tommy ons they talk about their dreams um tommy says there's a city on fire there are shadows chasing uh, iori iori sorry iori says that uh city's on fire there are shadows chasing her and then natsuno minami comes in um, it says the door was hard to open and that the school is old and dumb. And then old building gets added to the thought cloud, which I thought was really mm-hmm. funny for some reason. Like that fully made me guffaw at my desk while I was playing this game. Um, and I really, I'm really not sure why. Mm-hmm. But uh, Natsuno's in a class next door. She just wanted to come say hi because I, I and I also thought school was over at this point. But at the end of this little section, the uh, I think it's Morimura comes in and is like, hey, you you should be in class. But I, was, I thought we said class was over. But I, I think this was it was like a break time. Yeah, like right. it's a break in class. Yeah, um, um, they were building a new building that got delayed. They talk about how this this school was built during the war, uh, World War Two, um, mm-hmm. which means it's over 40 years old. And then Natsuno gets gets called out and then uh, Tomi and Miwaka talk about a cat that has been seen outside the <laughs> science room, black mm-hmm. fur with white belly. Uh, and my notes just say, let's go see this cat. And then a bunch of exclamation <laughs> points and then just cat. <laughs> yeah. My notes on this, which I sent to you, mm-hmm. um, say black fur with white belly. Scrappy, because Scrappy is a black cat with white belly. Yeah. Um, but Scrappy's, belly. Scrappy's fluffier than this cat. Yeah. But later... Uh, they do refer they to do refer as, fluffy. as fluffy, which I do not I think know. it looks like that. I, I also no. I saw a quick side note. I saw on Twitter um, the physical version of 13 Sentinels. When you take the switch cartridge out, um, the cat is just behind the switch cartridge. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, it's really Aww. cute. I love it. Yeah. Which also means if you turn it inside out, then the cat is just on the front of the, oh, the box art, which is fun. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the cat is a fascinating. The cat is pretty interesting uh, mm-hmm. for the immediate reason that when you go to pet it, it runs away and then just disappears. Yeah. Um. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. This is another scene that was kind of upsetting to me, honestly. Um, Why? Uh, well, while she is crouching looking for the cat, um, oh, she hears right. Juro and Amiguchi talking. And Amaguchi's like, this is a first for me, too. You feel it, right? Mm. I want to pursue this with you. And I and Yori both got very uh, excited. Well, I don't know if Yori was excited. I was excited. I was like, they're gay. Yeah, I wrote gay um, in my notes. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited for um, some representation. Mm. And then um, 
Iori's response is actually very funny too. Um, they're like, oh, you're, oh, hey, Iori. And she's like, uh, I think as long as you love each other, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the the most ridiculous way you could respond to um, finding out that people are gay accidentally. <laughs> but then uh, she like runs away and then they like follow her. And they're like, no, no, there's been a misunderstanding. And they're like, no, we were just talking about the strange dreams we've been having. It seems like we've been having the same dreams. Um, I I, I don't remember who he's talking to. to, uh, I'm a. It's Shu. Amaguchi. Shu Amaguchi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do think it is it is kind of funny that Shu is like me and this guy, not not claiming like me and a guy, just me and Juro dating. Absolutely. Oh, not. I like with the that. implication of like I would date another guy. Um, I date another guy, just yeah, not this one. Just not this one, which I thought was funny, but I'm not really sure is that, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I I don't know. But yeah, it's like it's it's like a weird haha, it's so funny that she thought they were gay. Yeah. It's like ugh. Yeah, it's rough. It's yeah, right, whatever. Not great. Um <laughs> and at this point I thought that Iori was going to be like I am also having weird mm-hmm. dreams perhaps we should also compare notes right. um but then the school bell rings before she can mention mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and that's that's the end of uh the Iori portion yeah uh, something interesting that they just that they say about the dreams is that I don't even think they're in chronological order mm-hmm. which is interesting um because the game's not in chronological order so that's no, it is not. kind of meta I guess mm-hmm. uh so the school bell rings and then we head over to episode 0002 uh the next battle yes um and it's Jiro and Iori. <laughs> then Jiro basically explains to Iori, like, hey, your sentinel is so heavy that if it falls, it could crush itself. Um, <laughs> which I think is a horrifying prof- prospect. It is really scary. That the yeah. thing you're in can be heavier than mm-hmm. it can handle itself to be. Right. Like, like what the fuck? Um, yeah. And then this is also the first mention of the Aegis, Aegis sorry, the Aegis system, mm-hmm. which is a, <laughs> God, it's a whole thing. So there's a main, <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So there's a main frame below the city that the mm-hmm. Daimos are trying to get to to mm-hmm. do something. I guess turn off mm-hmm. the Sentinels, maybe. I don't think they exactly explain it. And if they did, there was already... They don't. Okay. They don't. It's total, like, hand-wavy, yeah. just, like, technology. They're trying to reach the main, the main frame. frame. And they do that by attacking the terminals. So we yeah. have to protect the terminals. Right. They have an internal defense system. Exactly. Called the Aegis system. Exactly. Um, but it takes time to power up. Mm-hmm. So the concept of like each wave of combat is you're like activating the Aegis system at a given terminal and then basically trying to either defeat Mm -hmm. the surrounding Deimos forces before uh, they like destroy the terminal or just like hold Hold them off off, long enough before the Aegis system activates and just like wipes out all of the Deimos in the area. Yeah. Cool. Cool cool <laughs> great it, neat uh and then uh also murray mura mori mura comes up when they're talking about the aegis system and i don't know exactly in what context because i didn't turn the didn't the auto scroll uh text off but they her name comes up and i was like oh that's interesting uh and then uh also takatoshi hijiyama shows up mm-hmm. um and they again talk about okino uh, which is what shiba said something about okina's code yeah uh, sure. um goto doesn't know takatoshi he's like who the fuck are you yeah. that's you're in okino's machine oh okay. um <laughs> And uh, Takatoshi's like, it's mine and I'm here to save the human race yeah. and just like cuts off communications. Yes. With them. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then there's a battle and then that's it. 
Uh-huh. And then we get Takatoshi's story. Yes. I just want to say, I love this man. Mm-hmm. This is the himbo yes, of the game. I was going to say, yeah. And he delivers. Oh, man. Yeah. Does he deliver? Um, yeah, he's good. It's good stuff. We start this scene on a girl just like walking around this shrine. It is 1944. Sorry, it's 1944. Right. Yes. Extremely important. Extremely mm-hmm. important. Extremely important. She says, someone's changed the shifter's access key. Sure, that's a sentence. She is introduced as Kiriko Doji. Um, Doji. Yeah. Uh, and we discover that she is a spy. And then Hijiyama shows up and he is like, when we saw him just now in this battle, mm-hmm. his hair was like all long and like scruffy and stuff. He shows mm-hmm. up here in like a, a like military regalia. Yeah. Um, he's a member Short of the hair. Yeah. He's a member of the Japanese Imperial Army uh, in World War Two. And he's in this like like stark white military outfit. Yeah. Sharp haircut, clean mm-hmm. shaven face says that. Uh, the military is looking for her. She's stolen the files. And then she's like, I'm not the professor's daughter, uh, Professor Doji, who works for Shikishima Industries, which build weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, that, I'm not the professor's daughter. I'm actually the one who built the, <laughs> the Sentinel mm-hmm. um, because there is a Sentinel here in 1944. OK. <laughs> OK. And then uh, he's like, wait, what are you talking about? She's like, she says, you wouldn't believe me if you if. I told you. And then they just keep talking. Uh, Yeah. She she insinuates that he has feelings for her that she is aware of. And he blushes, pretty much confirming that, yes, he does have such feelings. Yeah. And she's like, all right, well, my uh, key just finished decrypting. So I'm out of here and just like teleports away. Yeah. A whole bunch of like like computer screens just like show up at the shrine. And then this big blue orb comes and absorbs her and she disappears and he's like um what mm-hmm. uh and then some other people are coming up the mountain and say the one who snuck into the factory uh is coming and we hide behind a tree somebody shows up and is like okay i have to get back to sector four in the year 1984 mm-hmm. so i think first of all i think this is the same guy that iori bumped into oh we will meet meet by name later yes um Oh, my Takatoshi. God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Takatoshi jumps out and he's like, hey, I caught you. Um, yeah. Do you know Kiriko? And the suspicious man is like, yeah, but that's not actually Kiriko. That wasn't actually her. Um, and Takatoshi's like, oh, that's strange. She said something along the same lines, too. And suspicious man replies, she, huh? Must have been pretty convincing. His real name is Tsukasa Okino. He wears that stuff for his own reasons. So let's pause to talk about Tsukasa Okino. Yeah. I do not know if this character is implied to be a transgender woman. From this point on, they use he, him pronouns for Okino. So that's what I was going to do. And it is later implied that Okino might have just been in disguise for like practical reasons. But at the same time, it is suggested that Okino is uh, maybe Mm -hmm. non-binary. Basically, there's there's no clear indication of is this just a man who is cross-dressing? Is it someone who is non-binary? Is it someone who like is gender fluid? Like there's really no clear answer to that question. And I don't know that there necessarily has to be like I, you know, I think gender is a fluid thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's it's an interesting thing to introduce. And I don't think we've necessarily seen like as far as I 
have seen jury's still out on how I feel about the this whole thing. Yeah. But our our friend Matt Horton um did share with us an article about this relationship between yeah. Takatoshi and Okino. Mm-hmm. Which we'll put in the show notes. Yeah. Um is sort of like, you know, it is not like it's not the worst representation, but um there is sort of apparently a lot of um on behalf of Takatoshi, there is some he he is struggling with the fact that he has feelings for yes. someone who was assigned male at birth. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, not the like best handled yeah. romance. Yeah. I think one thing that I saw that definitely rubbed me the wrong way uh, that I will reveal now. So at the end of the prologue, um, when you sort of like get to the the actual main game and how that works mm-hmm. it, it separates into three different yes um, he did say there are three different parts of this game yeah and one of them is basically like a codex um where you can unlock information about certain characters locations situations um concepts and i i you get like points to mm-hmm. to kind of unlock things and i used a point to unlock Tsukasa okino me as well and um <sighs> One of the things that they say about the character is that he knows that Takatoshi has feelings for him mm-hmm. and uses it to manipulate him, which is in the wait are, in the mystery files. Is that not in the mystery files? Hold on. Let me see if it's in Takatoshi's. It is. It's in it's in it's in Takatoshi's mystery file because I was looking okay. at Tsukasa's. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, That's it's in Takatoshi's. He fell um, for uh, Tsukasa Okino, who was presenting as a girl, which Okino uses to manipulate him. Yeah, not great. That is not great. Yeah. Like, you know, the implication that like this man has duped another man into having feelings for him by right. dressing as a woman and right. is using that in a like nefarious or manipulative way yeah. is like playing into some shitty tropes mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, what I would argue are transphobic uh-huh. <laughs> tropes um, yeah. just straight up. Um, and so it, it's, this is rough. It, it's a rough start yeah. for what I understand is, is a complicated thing. Yeah. And you know, this is when I asked about himbos in the game, this is what Chris brought up right. um, because Takatoshi truly is a delightful himbo, uh-huh. but um, it sounds like this relationship is not well handled. Um Yeah. It definitely doesn't start super well handled. I, no. I think there are like in, in the article, it brings this up as well of the fact that like Takatoshi is a man, a military enlisted man in, from the 1940s, you know, uh, Imperial Japan. So that's like a extremely conservative kind of upbringing and mm-hmm. viewpoint that he is bringing to this situation. And so I think that's uh, could be an, an element of mm-hmm. this. But I also think like just the fact that the game itself uses the language, you know, uh, fell for Okina, who was presenting as a girl, which Okina uses to manipulate him mm-hmm. is like outside of the fiction and is just shitty. Right. Um, right. That really sucks. Yeah, there's there there is a world where you could have the same things happen sort of narratively where it's kind of a commentary on the fact right. that like, you know, look at how the conservatism of the era that Takatoshi comes from prevents him from sort of being true to feelings, genuine feelings that he has yeah. for another man. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't sound like that's yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. And later on when, well, maybe we should, let's just, I'll, I'll address yeah, it when we get to, when we get to that proceed. point. So let's, let's just um, continue on from, from this. Uh, so it's revealed that 
Tsukasa is Tsukasa. And then we time travel. Um, but <laughs> the, the guy. Yeah, the, the suspicious guy. Yeah, the guy who shows up is he basically like starts the time travel process. And Tsukasa's or sorry, Takatoshi's like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And the guy says, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And <laughs> And Hichiyama says, try me. He says, I'm going to time travel. And then he says, I don't believe you. Which is like, well, what the fuck, man? I'm going to walk right into this area. He did try you, and he was correct that you did not believe him. Um, Mm -hmm. But he gets caught in the time portal. And this fucking, the time travel graphic is hilarious. It's just like they looked up clock gif, and then like 3D (laughs) clock gif. And they just put that into the video game. It's just a clock Mm -hmm. that, you know, spins a couple of times. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we're in 1985. Yep. And uh, a person that we meet named uh, Wajima. I didn't have his full name. Uh, And Mm -hmm. some bullies are hanging out. Wajima shows up a couple more times with his gang of bullies. Mm -hmm. I love how they 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 all look like they're from the 50s. Yes, they have extreme greaser (laughs) energy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of pompadours yes. in in the house. Yeah. Um we see Takatoshi as he was in the battle, uh the, the previous battle, long hair kind of disheveled. Um he is holding a sandwich, um which is yakisoba pan, uh mm-hmm. which is a fried noodle dish put into a sweet roll and then you eat it like that. Wild concept. Sounds, so many carbs. Sounds I good. I would love to try it. As yeah. someone who has made a leftover ziti sandwich, uh, a leftover <gasps> baked ziti sandwich, yeah. That sounds incredible. <laughs> it's, I, it's good. So, <laughs> Tara would probably get this reference, but in, <laughs> in the television, the Nickelodeon television show, iCarly, yes. uh, there is a ongoing joke that like a favorite food of the characters is spaghetti tacos yes. and i uh made spaghetti tacos with friends in college oh. shockingly good really you would not believe yeah i don't believe actually that's wild <laughs> it shouldn't it shouldn't be as good as it is wow yeah it's like you make it with like like basically taco meat mm-hmm. so it's like you have like the taco flavor and then you put the spaghetti it's very bizarre it's very good yeah Anyway, um, so Takatoshi's walking by with his yakisoba pan. Which you can consider. <laughs> you can consider the yakisoba pan. <laughs> yeah. And it's very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so he bumps into one of them and uh, they get pissed off and realize like, hey, you, you're wearing one of our uniforms. Have you you're that guy who's been stealing our uniforms, um, which like didn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> at first. But then they sort of explain like Takatoshi like beat up one of the members of their mm-hmm. gang, essentially, and took everything on him, including his clothes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go now. <laughs> and Tries to walk away. And Wajima um, grabs him and makes him drop his yakisoba pan. Yes. And then we get into a fight. Fisticuffs. Um, Perhaps unsurprisingly, Takatoshi kicks their asses. Um, Being a literal soldier. <laughs> and says, I've got no mercy for people who waste food. <laughs> so fucking. Especially yakisoba pond. Especially yakisoba pond. I can't believe um, that part out. I, yeah, I put a note here oh. that said, why am I into this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Um, so some guy with a pompadour shows up. Mm-hmm. It turns out is it Nenji Ogata Nenji from Ogata, Sakura yeah. High mm-hmm. who um, will come back. Uh, he apparently came here to fight these guys, <laughs> yeah. but like Takatoshi beat the buffalo. <laughs> yeah, so, so he says, you owe me a fight. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to fight, but Tsukasa Okino walks by and we try to follow after them, but Ogata fights us and we uh, and then we fade to black and then we come mm-hmm. back and we are <laughs> out back of a factory. And it's like, oh, that guy fought pretty well. Um, yeah yeah and then as we're standing in the back of this factory 
uh, Sukasa comes out of a door <laughs> and they're like, hey, what's up? Uh, I brought you a yakisoba pan. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> it's just like extremely casual. And it, it, this moment is great because there's a moment where he's like, oh, I haven't eaten in so long. Yeah. I want that yakisoba pan. Wait a minute. You won't distract <laughs> right, me. Right. Uh, you know, you got to take me back to my time. Yeah, um, really good. So then we get this whole confrontation of uh, Takatoshi saying, like, you're a man, aren't you? And then... Uh, I wrote, uh, 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 Tsukasa says, uh, why don't you find out? And I, in, I wrote, why don't you find out Qu- in quotes? And then in parentheses wrote threat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, he, and then, okay. So here's where I think the game could be trying to like make a commentary, mm-hmm. but then it does stuff like what happens in the mystery files where it, it says that shitty stuff. Yeah. Um, but in the game, Takatoshi says, why do you wear women's clothes? And Tsukasa says, well, that doesn't feel great when you say it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then goes on to say some binaries work for me. Others don't, which I think is like a kind of thoughtful and good response and a nice thing to have in the video game. Yeah. Like I, this is part of why I was like, I don't really know like what Okino's gender identity is because it yeah. is implied here that like could be non-binary, yeah. could be gender fluid. Like there's no... There's no real like confronting that. But yeah. um, but yeah, it is an interesting uh, moment that had me yeah. like, oh, OK, maybe this won't be shitty. And yeah, it's like, oh, right. but yeah, um, it's 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 just like I'm I'm still I'm still so on the fence about it. Um, yeah. And I'm I just, think he, he also says something about how like I like I never felt very masculine mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. Um, which is also sort of implying that. But then also says, well, this lets this lets me like hide the fact that I'm alive. Like, yeah, which is also really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like it's implied that it could be utilitarian. <sighs> it's implied that it could be like a gender identity thing. It's just there's no there's no clear answers yeah. here, which to be fair, there's no clear answers about anything in this game at this point. Right. That's um, true. But this is I think I think the reason we might be glomming onto this so much is because this is like a real world thing. Yeah. You know that like, yeah, this is a thing that we could actually possibly understand um, mm-hmm. with less effort than it takes to understand the time travel and whatever right. the else, whatever the fuck else is happening. Um, right. But, but and there is, I don't know, there's a world where in a game with like all of these fantastical elements, mm-hmm. I think it would be meaningful for the game to treat, you know, non-binary or, or, or a transgender character mm-hmm. as like, oh yeah, that's just, right. that's just who I am. To right. just say it, say it plainly and not make it like, isn't everything about this game so weird, including this character's gender identity? Yeah. So weird, right? Like you yeah. could it it could be very meaningful, I think, to normalize that. Mm-hmm. So moving, I'm sure we will talk much more about this as I'm the game sure, goes yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm not sure how much it's going to come up in the next couple of episodes, because like as we come to learn and as you may have already found mm-hmm. out, like Okino is somebody who is so embroiled in everything that is happening that I feel like we're not going to learn much about about him until like late game like those would be late game revelations that are going to kind of tie everything together yeah I think um you're right. because like he's created the sentinels and mm-hmm. we also apparently know that he wrote whatever code whatever i don't know the yeah, code that there's let, something about a code yeah i, I mm-hmm. so there's a whole thing I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's some talk about this is the first name drop, I think, that we get or like proper name drop that we get for mm-hmm. Shikishima Industries, right. which is a tech company. Like I said, they make weapons mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, they're basically like Raytheon or something. Yeah, the the this is not said outright, but mm. uh, putting the pieces together, what I gather from this is that 
Doji worked for Shikishima, um, helped it make great strides in the war or after the war with his technology, which was like the Sentinels. But apparently that's not just because he was like a brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is because the Sentinels are future tech mm-hmm. that Okino provided mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this was your understanding as well, that a Sentinel accidentally showed up in the 40s. Yep. Um, Okino says it was made in the future in an automated factory. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I just think that's interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. In an automated factory. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about, uh, in the context of what we talked about earlier with like the demos being like a right. kaiju thing. That's right. or sorry, not a kaiju thing. A, um, like a Terminator type thing. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then. And then he says there was an incident and it got broken. Our goal was to fix it there so it could fight again. <laughs> I was going to bring it back to my factory yeah. up there and bring it back here. It's very Grinch of you. Okay, Very now. Grinch. So, yeah, I think the implication being like it accidentally got there. It got broken. They were like, we will fix it here so it can go back to the future where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really cool, actually. I think it that's is. Like this pretty is all, sick. This is all very interesting. I was just like, am I understanding this correctly? Right. <laughs> and it's so like, she's like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> just get me back so we can finish the Sentinel project and win the war. Yeah. You know, now that I'm here in 1985, I know yeah. about Hiroshima. I know about Nagasaki. We could save so many lives yeah. if we had a Sentinel in World War II. That fucking blew wild. me away yeah wild that, shit. just like yeah it's such a wild consideration and it's like mm-hmm. i mean he's right like yeah. oh my god wow <laughs> it's mm-hmm. cool i like it i don't know yeah Fuck. it's very interesting yeah nokina's like fine i'll send you back but first i need your help with something mm-hmm. <laughs> i wrote here the whole time they are flirting up a storm yes and i believe takatoshi does get that yakisoba pond he does. And then we get another wave. Yeah. Wave three. Uh, yeah. I didn't take any notes on this part because <laughs> I just read more mechanics are introduced. But honestly, I didn't take notes because I was so unhappy with the combat <laughs> still at this moment. Yeah. This one's pretty interesting. This battle introduces the fact that the terminal can like give off this big EMP blast, which will mm. just destroy all flying units and then freeze any other big units. But outside of that, the the narratively that's introduced by Okino talking to Hijiyama. Mm-hmm. And they're both in Sentinels. They're both in Sentinels, but Okino is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Is not not on the map. Yeah, Goto and, isn't. I think aware. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So so Okino's talking to to Hijiyama this whole time, and then Goto's like, "Hey, who are you talking to?" And Okino's like, "Do not tell him you're talking to me. I just, I don't want to <laughs> deal with it." Uh, and Takashi's like, "I'm not talking to anybody. Fuck you." <laughs> and and then that's when we get the EMP blast from the terminal. Mm-hmm. They it's like, "Oh, they destroyed themselves like magic." It's like, oh, "Okay." And this is also uh, when Goto is explaining these like heavily armored daimos. He uses the phrase. He says they were built for excavation. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just furthers my Terminator theory. And, and just the fact that they look fully just like robots. Like <laughs> they're yeah. just robots. I don't know. Yeah. All of the, all of the diamonds yeah. look like robots. Yeah. yeah. So that's that battle. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I guess it's not fun, but I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I was immediately on board, I think with the combat because every screenshot I had seen of the combat screens was like, what the fuck? Mm. is any of this and now that i like understand it and at this point the third battle kind of understood exactly kind of what i was looking at i was like oh i get this and i kind of am digging the stylization of it um and i think this also might have been the first battle where i realized like when you bring your attack you know or as you like move your cursor around the buildings that are in your range will like you'll see 
how like big or small they are, mm-hmm. which I don't know, I guess in my head really like made the fact that we are just like fighting in a city and destroying it <laughs> uh, like click in my head, mm-hmm. which, you know, is, is an obvious theme of all kind of like kaiju stories or should be at least i think that's mm-hmm. like a worthwhile thing but anyway uh so then we move on to the story of natsuno minami i love natsuno i love natsuno she is i love her so much great uh and she also is friends with one of the other best characters in this game mm-hmm. uh yuki Taki- takamiya Ugh, um but some stuff yuki. happens before we meet yuki uh yes. i think yuki is my favorite character right now oh yeah natsuno is um, fine but yeah. um so yeah cool okay uh so yeah we're uh we're in sakura high in the new building hallway in 1985 Mm -hmm. uh it is break time uh we find yori and juro they're talking about their dreams and whether Mm -hmm. they're influenced by the movies they've seen um and juro lends natsuno a video a video it's a recording of ufo mysteries which is like a special that's been airing uh it turns out natsuno yeah she missed it last (laughs) night something about like a, a baseball game that went long yeah and we find out she is like obsessed with aliens and (laughs) ufos um and uh she lends juro ext which is basically just et yeah she's like it's a 1982 classic Mm -hmm. which is so funny because it's 1985 right Uh, to call a movie from three years ago classic so wild but but yeah the way she describes it it's literally just et (laughs) she says the phrase you can't talk about aliens without seeing that movie (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah um she's like aliens are already here on earth dude you don't she's like full tinfoil Mm -hmm. hat uh in a fun way i wrote here reference to war of the worlds but i don't remember what the reference was iori just completely because we say that aliens are here on earth and iori's like oh like three legs and and lasers like from war of the worlds yeah (laughs) turns to the camera it's like like that classic piece like of that one. literature. <laughs> Very funny. Um, um, and uh, not to know references that she wants to work for NASA yeah. one day. And then Yori's like, "You better get better at science, you dumb idiot." <laughs> <laughs> Yori just like comes for her neck Uh, but (laughs) but Natsuno's like yeah you're probably right (laughs) yeah Uh, and then Juro and Yori have to leave and a little scene plays out with them saying like oh we have Mm -hmm. to go to AV now and then Yori's like oh I have to grab something real quick and so Juro leaves Yori runs into the classroom and then like a couple seconds later comes back out of the classroom and then goes to class and it's so good (laughs) yeah I was like I, that, in that moment, it's like, what's going on in the AV room? I yeah. gotta know. Um, yeah. And hopefully we'll find out one day. Yeah. I do also think it's really funny when Iori talks about War of the Worlds, she says, by that one famous writer. Like, okay, we can't just say yeah. HG. We can say War of the Worlds, but we can't say HG Wells. Like, what do you... Then we meet Yuki Takamiya. Natsuno is like, oh, you're still wearing your old uniform, which like did not make sense to me at the time. Later, mm-hmm. we find out it's because uh, Yuki has just transferred here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wearing a uniform from an old school. Mm-hmm. This is an old friend of Natsuno's uh, apparently Dr. Space. Dr. Space. It's her nickname for when they uh, were kids. And she says something about like, I know you're still my Nat-chan, which is like, which is what she calls her all the time. At one point mm-hmm. they're in Sentinels and she just calls her Nat-chan, which is so fucking sweet. I love I it so much. I want them to be lesbians, Harold, but I know to- that they're not going to be because otherwise <laughs> I probably would have heard about it already. Yeah. Oh, and even at the end of this, sorry, a couple more things happen. But then at the end of this conversation, she says, can I come? Can I still come watch your practice today? Yeah. Like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Let them be gay. They seem like very good friends. 
Oh um, <laughs> Ogata, the pompadour walks <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> apparently Yuki beat up some folks from the Kuri gang, which yeah. are apparently like a gang from another high school. I think that's uh, Wajima's gang. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I don't know why there's so much gang violence. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, you know, they're hanging around the school now. Like, what are you going to do about that? She's like, I can handle myself. She's basically just like, fuck off. Yeah. Um, She's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he walks off. Yeah. Uh, and then we get uh, the next scene, which is after school at the athletics building. Yes. After track practice, where we're where, 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 uh, not is wearing extremely short shorts. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our coach asks us to clean up. We say, OK, and then turn back around to where all of our uh, teammates were and everybody is gone. And then, and then there just is a man in a man. And there is just a man in black, a man in black. MIB. He's MIB. here. They're here. Um, yep. Roll the tape. It's, I don't know. Um, it's, um, it's Tommy Lee Jones. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> it took Tommy me a minute to remember his name. Okay. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones is there. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then Natsuno starts spiraling and he's like, he's here because there's an alien in the school and I have to save this alien so that he doesn't get captured and experimented on. And it's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm the chosen human. (laughs) Really good. Some kid with spiky hair runs past who I think is a... Yeah, yeah, the same okay. guy that Iori bumped into and that we saw oh. in 1944. Yes. He's here also. Okay. I didn't make that connection. But that's all. He just kind of like runs past. So scene transitions again. She's in the what is referred to as the track and field room, which is basically just like a locker room. And she's about to change. <sighs> oh and we get another just shit moment <laughs> where it's like she's pulling up her shirt. She's like just about to like pull it past her bra the camera is zooming in there's a slow zoom yeah like oh isn't this exciting we're about to show you this you know minor 15 year old girl getting undressed um and then something rustles in the corner and she stops um to investigate yeah and i will say the 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 portrait for that like that portrait of her pulling her shirt all the way down like past her knees is really good that's really good it's Um, funny yeah, she like screams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she screams. The thing rustles and then we see a little mm-hmm. robot in the gym hamper. And then Nenji Ogata runs in and says, is there a pervert in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he's ready to defend her honor. Yeah. When he, he himself is the actual pervert. <gasps> yeah. He's um, she's like. No, there is not a, a pervert in here. What are you doing in here? And he's like, oh, she's dressed. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I heard you scream. Like, I've been I'm I was worried because, like, there's been all these creeps in black suits around. So I yeah. wanted to make sure everything was OK. And she, like, tells him off and he leaves. So it seems like it was partially motivated by kindness and partially gross yeah yeah he definitely ran in because he heard screaming but he was definitely mm-hmm. nearby because he is a pervert <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good anyway yeah, a good summation um so then the robot pokes out back out of the the mm-hmm. thing it's kind of a wally shaped situation it's got little rolly it feet looks like literally if wally and eve yeah. could procreate and have a baby <laughs> like yeah. it literally yeah. looks like that it floats and it has like blue eyes yeah. like it it 
straight up. Yeah, it, it says it a bunch like of things, one of which is five, which is, I think, a short circuit reference to number five being alive, but then introduces itself as BJ-115. Yeah, it's it's an old sci-fi movie about a robot. A kid finds a robot that gains sentience and his name is number five. And he says, number oh. five is alive because oh. he gained yeah. know, actual sentience. That's uh, cute. Yeah. So this little robot introduces himself as BJ-115. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. He says, interlocitor code matched. Okay. And then <laughs> I wrote, uh-oh, we start making up BJ's story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like a, a slippery slope. He's like, I need, basically says it needs a memory cell and says, go to gate. Mm-hmm. And Natsu that's like, I don't know what any of that means, but that's okay. Cause I've seen the movie. So right. I know that you need to call your home planet. Right. <laughs> like, Girl, no, wait. <laughs> yeah. At this point it was like, I I think I trust him now, but I had a moment where I was like, I don't trust BJ. Interesting. I don't trust BJ because mm. I was like, what if it's bad? What if it needs to go to a gate to like open a gate to the Dimos or something? <gasps> Maybe it's a Dimos spot. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Can I tell you what I think? Yeah. I think BJ saying need memory cell is that Natsuno needs a memory cell. I don't know what that means. Ooh, but, yeah. But I think... Also, I don't know what the fuck an interlocitor is because he says interlocitor code matched when he mm-hmm. sees uh, Natsuno for the first time. But uh, and then says question. need memory cell. I'm like, I think that's mm-hmm. I think that is something to do with because we've already we, we know that memories get fucky when mm-hmm. specific things happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. That's part of me thinks that. Yeah, you could be right. So we stuff BJ in a gym bag and it is so fucking cute. Yeah. Um, uh, BJ BJ's like, oh, here's. Here's the gate oh, yeah. <laughs> like shows a, a map basically that's centered on a shrine. I couldn't tell if it was the same shrine. I think it's supposed to be the same yeah, shrine from 1944. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she hides him in the back. Yeah. And it's really cute. It's really cute. So we head to Tokisaka Shrine and then <laughs> BJ gets out, does basically activates like the, mm-hmm. the time traveler thing and we get time traveled. Yeah. Um, they don't tell you at first to when. No. Um, yeah. But you are destroyed. You are uh, transported somewhere. Yep. To a destroyed city. Mm-hmm. And there's a news report happening that says uh, communications with major cities have been lost. We can only assume that they've also been attacked by mm-hmm. these uh, by these huge creatures. So I wrote, OK, we're being war of the worlded, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty much exactly what's happening. And then this is kind of where the pieces kind of started falling together for me, because then mm-hmm. then you kind of realize this is the period where the kaiju battles are happening, um, I think. But also <laughs> here's the thing. I don't know, because yeah. I thought let me double check. But I thought the beginning of the game. Yeah, is I thought is 1985. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, who the fuck knows? I don't know. But these um, these kaiju are just completely look like how the world, the world's aliens are described, mm-hmm. but they have four legs instead of three, which yep. Natsuno comments on. <laughs> It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just like War of the Worlds, except four legs instead of three. Yeah. Um, it's cool. There's there's a wild moment here. Well, first, so uh, a broadcast like shows those monsters and uh, the newscaster is like, maybe they're from space. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But like shit's looking bad. Will this will our species not live to see past 2064? Mm-hmm. So this is when you realize you are in 2064 and BJ sort of like zooms off and Natsuno follows and um you start to see the not tripods but the tripod looking things quad pods quad pods uh (laughs) rising from the city yeah 
And there's this wild moment where the screen goes black <laughs> and it shows a quote from War of the Worlds. Yeah. A monstrous tripod, higher than many houses, striding over the young pine trees and smashing them aside in its career. A walking engine of glittering metal, striding now across the heather. It's end and it's like War of the Worlds. And it yeah. is it was like a real chilling moment. Yeah. And this is this is the point where I was like, holy shit, I am all in on this. Yeah. Like I don't know what it was about this, but it's just it's really profound. Yeah. The, the we haven't mentioned the music yet. Sometimes the music is like full on like dating sim, like yeah. do, 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 do it's like very like upbeat, like high school mm-hmm. dating sim mm-hmm. music. And then but in this moment, it is like it feels like the score of yeah of a movie um it's and so it's like a really like profound moment yeah it's good yeah it's really good and then we come back and bj says search memory cell again and then something about sentinel 17 i just wrote in my notes sentinel 17 i don't know what that means bj bj projects an image of a mech Mm. and says sentinel 17 got it at which point at which point a big boy arrives a, a quad pod sort of spray we're like on it almost looks like a um like an overpass kind of thing and um at that moment right next to it a quad pod uh <laughs> rises up and <laughs> nat's like we gotta get out of here mm-hmm. so like bj just like hops into her bag and they run away yeah and that's it it's very cute and that's the end of uh, Natsuno's prologue. Yeah. And we head to episode 0004. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. We start off with Natsuno and Keitara Miura. And there's some dialogue. And then Natsuno says the phrase, uh, like, I have to fight. This was his last gift to me. I really hope she doesn't be me, Jack. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a person. Yeah, maybe it's a person. And then I wrote, OK, we're learning long range combat. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. we do. And this is the first time that the combat started to click with me. Yeah. I think I don't know why. Yeah, I think the way that the long range stuff is illustrated is kind of clearer it's it's right. it's like there's less involved because you know like oh this shoots in a straight line i get that mm-hmm. and like oh this think, shoots in this area i get that yeah also i think starting to understand like it, they frame it as there are different generations of sentinels yeah. um and that's how they kind of delineate that different ones do different things yeah and i think that realizing that for some reason made it click with me a little bit mm. better which i i sort of like took a step backwards um in the last combat where you have all of them, all of them. And I was like, I don't remember who does what, Mm. um, you know, (laughs) there's, there's a moment where Goto's like, okay, you, 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 and you are going to do this. And the three of us are going to do this. And I was like, I can't remember who's, who and it was just overwhelming yeah um, i think in that specific one because i i had that same that same moment of overwhelmedness in in that specific moment but i think if you looked around the terminal at that point there were just like six little sentinel symbols that were just like stuck around the terminal so i think if anything got close they were automatically going to attack and then you were just controlling the rest of them but anyway oh uh, yeah but that's a that's a later battle <laughs> that explains a lot 
it, yeah. Anyway, it yeah. was weird. Um, but no, it is. It's it's it doesn't help that it's like impossible to look at. <laughs> it's like uncompre. It's, it's incomprehensible. It's so it gives me a headache. Yeah, only looking at it. I I play the last battle actually on my TV on my desk instead of just handheld on the Switch, and it's even worse on a TV. Oh, is it? Maybe um, I should play like, more on handheld. It's, I, I don't know. I I think it's it's it definitely looks cooler on a TV. I think, but I think it's easier to parse on a smaller screen. Yeah, um, just because you can't concentrate sort so of like much. See everything. Yeah, yeah, you can like only really concentrate on the stuff that they make bigger. So like you're looking at the Sentinels and the enemies, and less on like the actual cityscape. Uh-huh. And when you're looking at it on a television, you're seeing all of it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it might be the the main problem there. But we fight some long range stuff. Juro and Iori show up, uh, and then we do some long range and short range stuff. I do think the way that they're trying to like gradually kind of teach you the different mechanics yeah. in the battles is really good. It's just instantly yeah. so appalling to look at. Um, yeah. It seems like it's so much information. And the fact that it's like kind of uh, ATB, like a kind of an active time battle, but also kind of um, like turn based. And when you're choosing your I didn't realize this until probably this mission. Like when you're choosing your attacks and stuff, everything freezes. Mm-hmm. And like when you move, it takes a certain amount of time to move and they are actually physically right. moving on the board and you can stop them moving at any time to do an action. Uh, mm-hmm. Like while they're moving, it's it just like was, I don't know. I don't, a lot yeah, happening. I don't get it. Sometimes you can change who you're controlling and sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. I don't get that at all. There's, there's a cooldown. So once somebody uses an action, you can't use them for a certain amount of time. Uh, and that's why you're not able to switch between people. As certain. If you look at the top left of the screen while you're doing the combat, you'll see their little picture like there's, loading up. It's there's so much to look at and it's so much to look at. Yeah. Um, but at the bottom of this one, I did write. I like the combat. He <laughs> he. Honestly, if I could not play the combat at yeah. all, I would probably select that option. Yeah, which is uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to later. There is a casual mode. Um, which yeah. is so easy to switch to. Yeah. I love it. But anyway, moving on. To another character I really like, Megumi Yakushiji. Yay! A different time period. P- picture this. It's 2024. <gasps> wow. <laughs> We're in Satsuki Pond Park. Kim, sorry. It's possible that people are listening to this episode in 2024. <laughs> Hello, if you are if you are there. Don't. Please don't fuck me up like that. <laughs> Anyway. I can't take my brain can't take it. You're <laughs> right though. That's so soon. Why is it that is. so soon? We're in the far off past of 2022. Time keeps happening. Anyway, <laughs> um Megumi yes. is walking home with Tomi. Mm-hmm. It is muddy. It is muddy. It's raining. They're, We're sad they're about having it. A, yeah, they're having a conversation. Megumi is like kind of sad. Apparently, she's very quiet, so people think that she's like cold or whatever, yeah. and don't talk to her. And Tommy's <laughs> trying to be like, "Don't worry, like people will get to know you, and they'll yeah, you know, but open the, up." The way she and couches then, it is like, sorry, the way she couches it is like, maybe people don't talk to you because you're so quiet, or maybe it's because they think you're mean and threatening. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the moment where I was like, wait a minute, we met Tommy in 1985. Yes. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Uh, we find out that Tommy, it's applied. She's kind of like a YouTuber. She's an influencer. Um, she sings. And, and like sings. Yeah. Yeah. So we're walking past this pond and Tommy's like, oh, I see a light over the water. What is that? And suddenly there's a lot of scary lightning and a mech lands in the water, mm-hmm. soaks <gasps> them 
like all their umbrellas go flying. Tommy can't find her phone. And a boy pops out of the mech and yeah. he goes, where am I? Yeah. Wait, no. When am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so fucking campy. It's very good. It's Juro. It's Juro. <gasps> wow. Um, Our good old friend, Juro Izumi. <sighs> oh, yeah, that's right. It is Juro Izumi. That's right. Yeah. He passes out and then we tell uh-huh. him, we move on to a different day. I I was I skipped um an interesting line that he says he says oh. I must have been forcefully shifted here. The front line's been broken. It's over. It's all over. He also says this place is next. Um Yeah. Which is also yeah. frightening. Uh yeah. great. <laughs> I when did he come from? Who knows? Yeah. So then we so, move okay. and it's like a different He said oh, wait, no, he oh. said this timeline they're coming. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there is different universes. Wow. I mean, we it, later on, we are yeah. introduced to the idea of different the, dimensions. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so, yeah, not yet, though. <laughs> we, he passes out. We move to a different day and we see the cat from the 80s. And then we realize that it is. Hold 80s. on. Sorry. I want to point out. <laughs> OK. What how this next scene is introduced. Yes. Recall we're in 2024. Yeah. This the title card says half a year later. Sakura High School Schoolyard, 1985. Oh, interesting. Did you not notice that? No, I didn't. I I missed some of the some of the plates. I think I must have been Uh, typing or something. Half a year later, later, 1985. So it's been six months for Megumi, (laughs) like in her Mm -hmm. her chronology. Somehow she's now in. But now she's in 1985. That's interesting. I missed that. Um, so I saw the cat and I was like, oh, the cat from 1985 is here. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> it's, it is 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the nurse and yeah, here comes hello nurse. Yes. <laughs> here comes hello nurse. The nurse is like, Hey, is anything wrong? And Megumi's like, no, I was just thinking. And she's like looking out over the schoolyard. Mm-hmm. She says in 1985, the West building doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. So she knows she's in the past. Um, and then you get you get a prompt to reminisce. Yeah, that's what it and was. you end up reminiscing in 1985 <laughs> about the year 2025. <laughs> right. Wild. Um, the the West Building now exists. Yes. Uh, Jiro is there. He's giving this big final hero farewell monologue like I have to go do this for the greater good. Um, mm-hmm. Says that number 13 is the only one that's left that can fight. It's, I, I don't know, I guess kind of sad. It is. Yeah, it is sad. Um, He's like, I like I have to go do this. Yeah. Um, And she's like, you can't like it's not going to work. You couldn't defeat them even with all of your friends. Right. Um, And he's like, but I can't do nothing. So he's basically just like going on on a suicide mission. Yeah. Um, sad. And then Tommy runs up and she's like, they're here exactly like you said mm-hmm. they would be. Um, yeah. And Juro, before he leaves, says, I've told a woman named Morimura about you. When the time comes, listen to what she says. Mm -hmm. Then we fade back to 1985. Yeah. Um, And we talk to Morimura uh, and she says the Juro you knew no longer exists. Basically just explains that he's been mind wiped and you should not. We should not talk to him because it'll fuck everything up. Uh, There's a girl giving Juro a tour that's just like 
And this is the school you go to. Anyway, time to take your medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was when the Jiro Izumi and Jiro Karabe clicked for me. Uh, Mm. I'm like, oh, I see. I see. Jiro Izumi is is they're the same person, but he is like pre and post mind wipe Mm -hmm. rip. So then a couple uh, we go to like uh, Megumi goes to approach him and Murray uh, Morimura is like, you can't. Like you, you literally can't do this. Like it will ruin everything. Um, mm-hmm. I need you to. And like, like it's, me. it's like for his own good. Right. right. Uh, and so then a few months pass mm-hmm. and Jiro is running up some steps and Megumi goes to follow Jiro and the cat is there, jumps in front of Megumi and we're, she's like, oh, the cat. Cool. Hi, cat. Uh, <laughs> and then the cat says, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because jellicles can and jellicles oh, do <laughs> oh no i forgot that i've started a podcast with, mm. with cats 2019 that's right the cat can talk surprise the cat can talk uh but it's like don't make a scene or people are gonna think you're crazy yeah and then says like stop talking to me like this and implies like talk to me with your mind mm-hmm. <laughs> so instead of talking to a cat she's just staring intensely at a cat for several minutes uninterrupted that's what i do I wrote he kind of sounds like Orson Welles and it's not that he sounds like Orson Welles, but like the kind of the timbre of his mm-hmm. voice and like the the way that he speaks is kind of like metropolitan uh, in a way. This is the the voice acting that I thought was just it's just like <laughs> delicious. Yes. Like delicious the, is a great word. This, this voice actor is having the time of their life. Yeah. Um, just really like milking it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very good. The cat is, it feels sinister. <laughs> There's definitely I something mean, it, going it, on. It does feel like she is literally making a deal with the devil. Yeah. And I say so like, what do you, or she says like, what do you want? And he says, you're the one who called me here. Um, <laughs> and then says, now I'm here to grant your wish. <laughs> Yeah, like, your wait, wish to what? save Juro. Yeah, to save Juro Izumi. Um, yes. Clarification is important. Uh, yes. So somehow the cat can get the memories back. Sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, and he says, we just have to make a deal. Uh, and he says, destroyed by a relic from an ancient civilization, the Daimos Code. I must uh, find. Oh, sorry. Did I miss one? Uh, he came from another world ah, that was destroyed. Right, yeah. That's right, what, right, right. Yeah. And she's. Megumi does ask, like, why can't you do this yourself? And he's like, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I am a cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, I, he goes, I don't even have thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he says that he needs the Dimos code because he has to find all the codes to set things right again. And then I accepted, I thought. Mm-hmm. I did, too. OK. And she still denies it. Yeah. OK. There's okay. A, yeah, I was you like, get did the I get the wrong like, Accept or deny. And and I was like, is this a real choice? Yeah. Um, and it's clearly not because you accept it. <laughs> and then the cat is like, like, it feels very out of context. It also says something like there's nothing impossible about it, even though Megami didn't say anything about anything being impossible. And I don't know if that's just hmm. because they poorly set up this like false choice yeah. or if that's implying that like the cat is talking to someone else at the same oh, time talking to I don't know it could just be like like a stumble in the writing but that would surprise me because it does feel like the writing is very 
precise. Yeah. Um, I do think it's also really funny. Uh, so you accept. And the first thing Megumi says is, are you going to turn me into a magical girl or something? Um, which is yeah. clearly a Sailor Moon reference really because funny. of the talking cat. Um, mm-hmm. Really good shit. Yeah. So Megumi basically just says, like, I want to think about it. And he says, OK, well, you'll come around eventually. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the scene. Is there anything else yeah. specific she, there? After the cat is gone, she's like, if there really is a way to bring Jiro yeah. back, then I'd make a deal with the devil if I had to. And I was yeah. like, babe, I think that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't think a talking cat's the devil, then I don't know what, yeah. like, what you're it's, doing. The, the cat is, maybe it's just because, I don't know, it's a cat and so it's going to have a an attitude, but yeah. it's there's something sinister Sorry, about catitude. it. Sorry. Good one. It's um, not. <laughs> it's not. That's fine. Uh, so then we go to episode 0005 uh, mm-hmm. and we see our first big boy on the map. It's a, one of those quadrupeds. I mm-hmm. assume it, it uh, the it I guess it's like worth it, yeah. yeah, I guess it's worth noting the way that the map is presented to you is like, you know, it's kind of like a half opacity, like you're looking at like a layout of of the city or whatever. But then the Sentinels are represented by these like green kind of eight bit like uh, space invader ship looking things. And then the Dimos are represented by these like pink kind of alien space invader Space Invaders being the old video game kind of looking like 8-bit things. And then the big ones are just like bigger versions of that. It's it's a really interesting choice. It's really, really interesting. And part of it feels like they were like, we're trying to simplify this as much as possible so that you can only focus on the things that matter. But it's at the same time, they've made it so obtuse at that point. Because I think they've maybe oversimplified it. I like presentation. I do kind of wish that it had just been like a similar art style. I I honestly think that that would have been easier for me personally to look at. Yeah. I can understand why for like like budget reasons that you wouldn't necessarily want to do that, yeah. but it's just oh, it's such an eyesore, man. Yeah. And then when they like there's like fire on the map and then when you kill things, they explode and all these things come out. It's just like it's so much like there are one one mechanic is like some of the Dimos will fire missiles and you can shoot the missiles down or you can like move to evade them. But I forget that the missiles are there because there's so much fucking shit to look at on the screen. Yeah. At a certain point, I've just I just stopped paying attention to how much damage my people were taking because it was the big it's the prologue and they're not going to die. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, Like even when I was like, wow, I've been using a lot of my like FP or EP, whatever, like consuming moves. I I wonder if I'm low and I'm like barely used a quarter of it. Like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we start this battle and there's a big boy there and Megumi Mm -hmm. is near death and Tomi is also there. And like, this is a, this, I feel like Megumi's character portrait is like, especially egregious because like, you can just see her entire tit. <laughs> it's yeah. just like the whole thing is there. Oh, it's, um, uh, it's tits out. It's, it's bad as hate. I hate it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but Tommy says something interesting. It's like you're the one that gave me my switch and you put it on my back. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna like get a cramp every time I have to summon my sentinel, yeah. which I thought was really funny. <laughs> it is. Toby's very funny. Toby's great. Uh, I love in Toby. general. And then uh, yeah. So so basically, this part of what they're teaching you here is that like if you're if a sentinel gets like taken down to zero health, they'll have to like repair, which basically means they're like out of commission for you know as long as it takes to repair yeah. it. I think. Um, it's, uh, sorry, I think the implication is like the 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 pilot
pilot gets ejected, the Sentinel gets yes. sent back in time <laughs> to be repaired and then oh. sent back to this time in like a couple of minutes. I didn't I didn't get that. Um, but yeah, maybe. I think that's kind of what and that's supposed they, to be. They did also mention like while this is happening, the the pilot is vulnerable and which could is cool. I think. Die. Yeah. And I was like, does that mean there's like permadeath? No, because there are like lose conditions. They're like victory. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So I think yeah, if, right, if, a, if a pilot dies, then the, pilot the, dies. the battle mm-hmm. probably ends. So Megumi gets ejected out slightly farther away and Nenji Ogata shows up mm-hmm. and we do some fighting. Yeah, it's I, I noticed uh, Ogata when he shows up, he's like, I get it now. This is the cockpit of my Sentinel. Yeah. So this is like the first time he's in a Sentinel. Yeah, apparently. Tommy's like, like, you're like, just realizing this, you yeah. fucking moron. <laughs> I I also I I like Agata despite myself mm. um because he's just like I like his attitude whenever mm. he attacks uh he tells the yeah. demos to get bent get bent uh, yeah. <laughs> just so funny also like a testament to like some good localization yeah uh, like the turns of phrase that they I don't remember who it is but but one of the one of the characters when they attack they say get wrecked yeah this is also really <laughs> good that is really bad. good um, uh, good writing, good localization. So great yeah. job. Thank you. Uh, and then Gauto activates the Aegis again. And I just want to say mm-hmm. every single time this happens, ev- all of the people in the Sentinels are like, what's this? It's like, hey, yeah, <laughs> gang. Yeah, I guess it is implied. Maybe this is the first time there. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Notable things that happen. Goto shows up. Ogata says, hey, he's that second year. Um, <laughs> and Tomi says he's from the future. Farther Further into me. the future yeah. than me. Yeah. Um, and also one of my favorite lines that I've witnessed thus far, Tommy's like, Hey, Megumi, when we're done with all this fighting, we should go get some crepes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Really good. Yeah. And Megumi's like, yeah, okay. And then we move on to the story of yeah. Shu Amiguchi, the popular boy with the cool video games. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. Whatever. He rides a motorcycle. Yes. Uh, uh and he runs into Yuki. Uh, about to. We're in 1985. Yes, we're sorry. We're oh, back in 1985. Okay. I, that's yeah. very important. I really, I really should. <laughs> I have to make sure <laughs> to take note of that next time. We run into uh, Yuki, who is mm-hmm. arguing with uh, Wajima and his gang. He just like flirts with her, even though she's in the, yeah. fully in the middle of this verbal art altercation. He's like, "Hey, how you doing, cutie?" It's like, "Hey, what the fuck, yeah. man? Read the room." Um, yeah, and she's like, "I can handle myself. Like, go away." He says, "I can't walk away from a cutie in trouble." Yes, full <laughs> Sylvain, full Sylvain. Yeah, shit happening here. Yeah, and uh, punches him in the face. Yeah, it like gets him pretty good. Uh, and they escape on uh, Amiguchi's bike. At which point Yuki's like, hey, you know that guy's an amateur boxer, right? Yeah, so, like, maybe don't fuck with him. You better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> she mentioned she is transferring to Sakura. Um, and he's like, oh my God, it's destiny. You want to get a drink with me? Yeah. And for the record, they're doing this on the back, on, on his motorcycle. On his bike. Yeah. <laughs> so she whispers to herself, like, take a hint, man. And he's like, what? Yeah, she's like, clearly not interested. <laughs> and, and. Uh, she's like, yeah, just, just let me off. Um, you know, I'll like take the train and he's like, no, no, I'll like drive you where you're going. Mm -hmm. And she's like, all right, fine. Jesus. Um, you know, drop me off, um, on Gogyo street. Mm -hmm. In Um, in a commercial district. mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I love this part. He drops her off and she goes, thanks for the ride. I guess your driving sucks. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, queen shit. Yeah. And then he has some, some like internal dialogue about like, I'm, I'm attracted to her, even though she's kind of threatening. (laughs) Like, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So we start to drive away, but then stop very quickly because we, we see the school nurse, Morimura walking into the same building that, uh, Yuki walked into and it is Shikishima Industries. They make ships and planes. And I wrote in parentheses Mm -hmm. and sentinels. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> and fucking weapons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's like, God, it's really weird that our school nurse is going into there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, I believe we just fade to black and mm-hmm. come out on Judgment Day, <laughs> 1985. <laughs> Sorry, Scrappy's tail is covering your entire. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He says, Your do not podcast. So Just pet me, please. <laughs> no more podcasts. Pet me or play more Nintendo Switch, my favorite gaming console. <laughs> right, buddy? So yeah, we're at Judgment Day 1985. Uh, the city is destroyed. Um, there is just like broken down Sentinels mm-hmm. pieces around and... Amaguchi is there with Morimura and Morimura mm-hmm. is just in a full ass leather cat suit. Yep. Cool. Um, we find out her first name is Chihiro. You said you had a lot she- to say about this cat suit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not the cat suit so much as the fact that, well, first of all, one thing I'll say for the cat suit seems to offer more support than her, Definitely. than her nurse's uniform Definitely. because she doesn't have to cross her arms. Yeah. However, what she does apparently need to do is stand in the like classic female superhero pose with her ass facing the camera, but then her torso tilted so you can also see her breasts. Um, And she just does that the entire conversation. Like it's a totally natural way to have a conversation with someone (laughs) is to stand with your back to them, but then look over your shoulder at them. I feel like we need to have like a little like alarm that goes off or like a bell that dings every time uh, we have to like point out something unfortunate. Misogynistic. About yeah. this game. Yeah. Um, anyway, the she's misog- like. Hopefully- massage alarm. No, I'm not gonna- <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> we'll workshop it. I don't hate massage alarm. Um, okay. Um, yes. The video game. So she, yeah. The video game. She says, hopefully Kisaragi san and the others managed to escape to the shifter gate, but points out that she and, uh, shoe are too far from the gate to make it. Yes. But she has an idea of how to escape. It's like kind of hand wavy, but she's like, oh, I can use the power from one mech and we mm-hmm. can like use like another mech to mm-hmm. it, it could be linked to a shifter. Yeah. Um. So they like split up to he's going to like find a mech that's functioning or whatever. Yeah. And she's going to find one that can offer power. Sorry, I'm just coming to the realization mm-hmm. that I think. And maybe this is completely stupid and like obvious, but like I, this is where Jiro came from when he went back to 1925. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this is where he's coming from. Yeah, probably. Which interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Interesting. So um, they split up. Right. And then she yeah. does the thing and he's at the Sentinel and she's like, well, I can't make it, but I have enough power that I mm-hmm. can send you back and. Thank you. Find me in 16 years at Sumire Bridge and tell me everything. Uh, 16 years ago. Sorry. Yeah. 16 years ago. She says 16 years ago, I'll be on Sumire Bridge. Find me and tell me everything. What? It's like so mind bending. Wild. The- it's also pretty interesting because like so far we've been at like 40, 41 year 
increments mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. So 16 years ago is like seemingly not a time we'll ever see in this game. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I mean, we have been in 1984 and 1985. So like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, maybe time like a- does pass, but I, I don't know. 60, like that would be what, 2048? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. just interesting. She also says... Oh, no, sorry. We're in 1985. 16 years ago would be uh, 1960. Well, I don't know. Okay, I don't have a date on Judgment Day. Uh, I think I retroactively added the date because in the mystery files uh, for either Shu or Morimura, it says Judgment Day 1985. Um, Okay. So maybe that's kind of secret information, (laughs) but it's 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 available to us. So yeah. So yeah, she says, find me and tell me everything next time, Ida-kun. Mm-hmm. Who is Ida-kun? Yeah. Next time. So the the implication be, starts to be like, they are trying this over and over mm-hmm. again right. to like prevent, like, I guess using time travel to be like, okay, it didn't work this time. Like, let's, let's try and defeat them next yeah. time, I guess. I don't know. It seems like we're working with time travel and dimension shifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, which which makes sense because there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to approach time travel. But like one way is that like every time time travel occurs, you're basically splitting off into another mm-hmm. version of that. Right. Time. So, so them sending Jiro away to 2064 is not the 2064 in that 1985 Judgment Day timeline. It's a separate mm-hmm. <laughs> 2064. Uh, yeah. It's going to break my brain. Oh, man. Well. Anyway. <laughs> So we get a scene change. It is late night. Shu Amiguchi's apartment. I don't think there was a date on this either, if I recall correctly. No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, yeah, I wrote, I literally wrote, no date given. He wakes up from a dream. He's like, that dream again. That's definitely not how she usually looks. Yeah. Also, like, it is implied that this is just, like, his apartment. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, like, a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, does he live alone? What is happening here? He's the, he's the cool rich kid with the good video games. <laughs> so he has his own apartment. Yeah, the cool rich kid. Uh, yeah. There's an idol on TV singing, and he's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I'm going to turn the TV off because it's nighttime. Turns the mm-hmm. TV off, walks away, TV turns back on, idol's still singing. He's like, oh, okay, weird. And he walks back over to the TV, and then there is a woman on the television. Uh, I did not write specifically what she says, but she basically says something along the lines of, like, I need your help. Uh, and he's like, oh, it must be a drama. TV's weird at night. Uh, and then she named, she, she says, I need your help, Shu Amaguchi. Uh, yeah. You're the only one that can help uh, us. Yeah. Echoes of uh, Princess Leia yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in episode four. Yeah. Uh, and she introduces herself um, as Miyuki Inaba. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I am specifically talking to you through your television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is great. Yeah. So now we're on to uh, wave six. Yay. Um, it's Shu and Yuki. They have flying mechs, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of flying little guys show up. Uh, and I wrote Anjiro and Gato and Natsumi. Yeah. Worth noting, Yuki is like, I got to find Nachan. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, <laughs> my heart. <sighs> so, yeah, there's a fight. Jiro is like, collect the meta chips <laughs> to expand our mech's yeah. functions and unlock new weapons. Oh I was like, God. this is a, such a clunky it's delivery. So funny. But also, I don't know what that means. Like, was I supposed to do something to collect a meta chip? No. So every time, you know, every time you kill the the guys, mm-hmm. they like burst into a bunch of little bits and then, and we, then you absorb okay. them. Those are the meta chips. And that's what Got it. that is the power that allows you to use the EMP pulse from the terminal. 
Okay. But you can only do that once per battle, <laughs> no matter how many meta chips you uh, accumulate. So once that little bar at the bottom of the bottom left of the screen fills up, says max, then you can hit X and then it shows you the terminal thing and it says you can use the EMP, which will destroy uh. all the flying units. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I know that was explained to me, yeah. but it went in one ear out the other, completely mm. forgot that any of that is possible <laughs> and may never remember yeah. after this conversation either. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, I didn't write anything else about this uh, battle, nope. except okay. uh, at some point, uh, I th think it's I guess it's shoe says like, oh, it's it's like that UFO or, or did, did you take out that UFO or something? I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing to say. I didn't write the full quote mm -hmm. and I should have. But the, the, I thought the fact that they use the phrase UFO when they know that they're fighting Dimos is pretty interesting. That is interesting. Know. And then we move on to the final story of the prologue. Mm -hmm. An absolutely fucking buck wild. Yeah. Uh, neo noir. Yeah, uh, it's like a noir. <laughs> like Blade Runner, I guess, esque. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've never seen Blade Runner. The story of A. Sekigahara. 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 There it is. The there story of A. Sekigahara. Great. Who we have seen littered throughout these other stories. Yes. I mean, much like everyone else, yes. but he's been particularly mysterious. Yeah, it remains pretty mysterious, I think. Mm -hmm. He is uh, trying to escape from the men in black. Uh, he is on a roof and he can't escape. And then a man. In it's 1985. It's 1985. <laughs> of course, the man in black shows up. It's like, hey, I know that you came from another dimension. And he's like, uh, -uh. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I lost all my memories. And then he takes out this wild looking gun and just fucking shoots the guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when in the in the thought cloud, when you think about the phaser, he's like, ah, I have my phaser set to stun. So we're good, which is nice. <laughs> nice Star Trek reference. But don't that's phaser set to stun phaser set to kill. It's phasers in I've general. I've never are seen a Star Trek. Um, I've recently watched several original series episodes for a different podcast. They're, they're good. They're, they're, they're good in the way that it's like watching community theater. Like the sets are not great, but you can tell that these people are having a great time and that they're just like, that's fine. They're just trying to have a good time. Uh, and it's not like not everything is made like it's supposed to be this crazy, super serious, like big deal. Mm -hmm. It's just like we're on a, a soundstage and we're doing a story for 25 minutes just enjoy it anyway <laughs> that's uh those are my star trek original <laughs> series thoughts phaser were, were set to sun great the men in black agent when you search him you find this gigantic cell phone um or walkie-talkie <laughs> i think yeah i think it's a walkie-talkie yeah. um and then uh all cash in his wallet no cards mm -hmm. um and then he's like oh this cash is like really this doesn't look like how cash should look um, mm -hmm. like it's got different people on it. Uh, it's, you know, all this stuff is from whatever this other era. It was uh, the Showa era. Mm. I looked that up and it's from 1926 to 1989. Mm. Um, so it's it's cash from the period, presumably 1985. Yeah. So I, at first I was like confused about that. But I think the implication is just he doesn't recognize this cash because he doesn't realize he's in 1985. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh. Cool. Uh, you do some more poking around up there. And then we, uh, unless I miss anything, we go back two days. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still 1985. We've allegedly we wake up in an alley. And now when we look at the phaser, it's called Strange Gun, not phaser, mm -hmm. uh, which I just thought was a fun touch. <laughs> uh, and also Murray Murray is there, but she's dead. <laughs> she 
She is dead. She's fully dead. Um, she has uh, presumably a gunshot wound to the abdomen. Mm-hmm. We know that she's bleeding from the, she, she was bleeding from the abdomen. So not necessarily that there was a gunshot. He's like, oh, I must have shot and killed her. Bummer. I don't mm-hmm. know. I have no memory of anything. <laughs> so then we do some poking around. We find a bottle, an empty bottle of pills called Oral NM C0204. We, for some reason, have Iori's class ID, which we know why we have it, because mm-hmm. we picked it up when we ran into her. We also find a note that has the numbers 443685 uh, and then a space 3214, which I was trying to match that up with any of the other main pilots and like last names or something. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't match. <laughs> mm. um, this is, for- this reminded me of uh, when you were streaming uh, backbone, like it literally oh, yeah. felt like yeah, exactly. finding all of these yes. clues with like it, it, numbers and yeah, it's, codes a, it's a crime. And- it was a crime story. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're doing detective work. It was so yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, we find a manila envelope with that note and the, a personnel file on uh, Morimura and says, if capture not possible, then shoot to kill. Um, mm-hmm. It also says that she was a key member of the weapons dev at uh, Shikishima. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one more thing he mm-hmm. finds is uh, in his pocket, a key mm-hmm. that has an emblem on it. He's like, May- it seems like maybe a car key uh, when you, you can like look, at it at some point yeah in the mystery files in the mystery files and it looks like a Subaru key yeah it's like fully just a just a car key like I remember the the yeah the logo like literally looks like yeah a familiar car logo um yeah I yeah it's the key for some sort of vehicle it's just so interesting Mm -hmm. that that is a file here Mm -hmm. you know I it means uh, something it means something anyway so yeah the men (sighs) the men in black come Mm. uh and a hides and they <laughs> they just like talk about they they sort of uh give us a little bit of exposition uh and they're like oh we we got to get him or else we're going to be in big trouble and we're authorized to use deadly force and and then they leave and he's like oh shit mm-hmm. and then we uh that's all i have for this scene yeah that's the end of this scene and then the next scene is still presumably maybe like the next morning or something we're on mm-hmm. the like walking trail uh, we run into Yuki, who says that we should get somewhere with lots of people so we can't be tracked and that she left as a package of something that she borrowed. And mm-hmm. A is like, what? Who the fuck <laughs> who are, are you? you? What are you talking about? Do you about? know who I and am? She's just like, I have to. I don't have time for this. We can't do yeah. this right now. Just go just get go the get package. Your pack. yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, um, the package is BJ. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. And there's a video of A on there. It says if everything went according to plan, this is not. Uh, oh, I only wrote if everything went according to plan. Dot dot dot. Then I'm talking to myself, okay. but with no memories. <laughs> Why did I not write the rest of that line? Um, you were excited about the rest. I of guess it. so. Yeah, and then and then says this is not your world. You're from another dimension. Which part of me is like. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe. Yes. Maybe this is pro- this is maybe the truth. But also maybe A is lying to himself for some reason. The, that would be the <sighs> ultimate cover up. Right. It's like you cover up a crime mm-hmm. by being like you're like I'm telling you all of the things myself. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you all of the the things that are true. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust me because your memory has been wiped. <laughs> it's like the perfect thing. You forget that you committed the crime. Right. So you think you're innocent. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just spitballing. Interesting. And then uh, it also says that there was an accident and now people can't return home. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, you 
it's like you're stuck here. There's a way back, but I can't tell you here. I've hidden the info elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, basically, find it. Don't get caught. Um, you have to trust me. And then says, I only hope you make the right choice. Mm. I wonder what about. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And then uh, BJ flies away. Yeah, he turns now, into a little helicopter. Way, it's so cute. His feet turn into a little helicopter yeah. and he hangs upside <laughs> down and just buzzes away. It's, it's the cutest thing. It's really, really cute. And that's all I have for yeah. that story. Yeah, we're into <sighs> wave seven now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is just, they, they're kind of like, okay, combine all the information we've given you mm-hmm. and they throw a bunch of mechs at you and I had no idea what was going on and I just pressed buttons until I yeah. won. <laughs> um and then at the end it's like okay now you can choose a difficulty level yeah yeah so you do this battle there's just a whole bunch of guys they really are just like here's just testing all the knowledge that you've learned i didn't learn shit i thought i did great <laughs> i'm sure you did <laughs> so, so yeah uh, that's I, I didn't have anything else like specifically story-wise that happened there because nope. you win and then it fades to black it's like congratulations now you can choose what mm-hmm. you want to do <laughs> Um, I don't even think yep. it says congratulations, actually. It's just like, how difficult yeah. do you want the game to be? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can choose your battle style between casual, normal or intense. Mm-hmm. And then we are shown the main, I guess, the new main screen of the game, which consists of remembrance, which is playing the story mm-hmm. analysis, which is going through and checking the files and the timeline, which I think is a really cool thing. Yeah. Uh, which we can hop back to in a second and destruction, which is the the fighting thing. So, like, I, I don't know if you went into any of if you went into any of them besides analysis, um, mm-hmm. if you go into destru- destruction, it's like, oh, there's another wave. So it's it's basically right. shows you like another like episode one to seven for mm-hmm. a, an, another portion of, of like battle. So it's like another world, I guess. Like if the last one was one, one to one, seven, this is like two, one yeah. to two, seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And also at the bottom, which I think is really helpful, it has a percentage of each like mm-hmm. thing so like i right now i've done 18 percent of the destruction chapters seven percent of the remembrance stuff and have gone through four percent of the yeah. analysis and i think in the analysis thing you can look at a timeline of all events um which is extremely long and includes every single like piece of of info and time mm-hmm. and like even the movies and stuff like when they were released i th- oh no maybe not uh i thought it had like Oh, this is just called the War of the Worlds, but it's not. Never mind. It's oh. just a different title. Um, mm. Or you can look at it for like character specific stuff. So you can see all mm-hmm. the scenes that Juro's in. You can see all the scenes that Natsuno's in. You can see all the scenes that uh, Gauto's in. Uh, even the characters that you don't play as in, or I guess we haven't played as yet, maybe mm. um, in Remembrance. You can see all of their stuff in analysis which is cool uh and then there's also the mystery files which we have been referencing throughout this episode um which are just like it's actually the first mystery file is mystery file zero which describes to you how the mystery files are supposed to work Mm -hmm. uh and says these files provide answers to mysteries related to the individuals and incidents that occur uh and you basically unlock these things by getting mystery points which you can do in battles so there you go Mm -hmm. uh oh sorry by completing protagonist events uh, or receiving them as battle rewards is how you can unlock all of these things. But uh, I think that's it. Yeah. My favorite piece of stuff that you can do in destruction is instantly just swap difficulty. It's it's the press mm-hmm. of a button. You can decide whether you want to play casual, normal or intense. I think that is so good. What a concept. Yeah, really good. 
Um, do we want to talk about the mystery files we unlocked? Uh, sure. Yeah, we can quickly go through. So you start off with all of the, or you start off with Juros, Iori, Megumi, A, Natsuno, Taka- Takatoshi, Shu, uh, sorry, and Shu, um, which are all the ones mm-hmm. that we have played as. Um, mm-hmm. Did you want to like go through them one by one? No, okay. I just wanted to talk about the ones we unlocked. Yeah. And then, so then we had two points to spend that we earned from doing our various events and doing battle stuff. Uh, I spent mine on Sukasa and uh, Miss Morimura. Mm-hmm. I also spent one on Sukasa. I didn't realize you spent one on Sukasa. I probably wouldn't have done that. Sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. But uh, so for Sukasa, the just says he's a young genius with an extremely high IQ. Starting with the Sentinels, he developed various technology to aid the Defense Corps. He acts on his own terms, regardless of what other people think. In 1944, he presents as a girl and goes by the name as Kiriko. Doji. Yeah. So I think also the implication here is that uh, Kiriko isn't a real person. There is no Kiriko Doji. I think that there was a Kiriko Doji because yeah. it, when uh, in the very first scene with with Okino, he's like, no, Kiriko Doji is like back in Tokyo. Oh, OK, right OK, OK. Fair um, enough. Yeah, it's like implied that that she does exist. Mm. Um, they do exist. Sorry. I think about there's a there's an M&M's commercial with Santa Claus that I think about literally <laughs> every single day of my life <laughs> since 2001. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's Sukasa. Morimura's is directly after Sukasa's uh, just as the Sakura High School nurse, who's also the homeroom teacher of class 1B, which Jiro Karabe and Yori Fujisaka are in. And I imagine as we go on, more stuff will be added to these files. I hope. I don't know. Um, I sure I sure fucking hope so, AJ, because let me tell you about the one I unlocked. Yeah, I was scrolling through here mm-hmm. and one of the things is time travel. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, I would like to know more about like how the time travel in this universe works. Yeah. Let me unlock that one. Yeah. Get ready for this info dump. <laughs> Traveling to a past or future world by leaping across the flow of time. Okay. I mean, I think that clears, I think that clears some Does stuff. Does it? Up. Well, it says to a past or future world, which makes me feel like it's like hopping timelines. Yeah, I guess. Instead of just like, it's not a linear timeline. It's like a, you know, the time, the you know. I was just <laughs> expecting more information about sure. like the shifters sure. or something. Not like, here's the definition of time travel. <laughs> Did that clear that up for yeah. you, you idiot? You fucking idiot. <laughs> That's funny. So I think the uh, those so those are those are all the mystery files that we that's we have it. unlocked so far. Um, um, so yeah, that's all the game we played. Yeah, I think something. Just one more thing that I really really like about the analysis uh, tab, I guess, is in the the event archive. You can see all the events you haven't unlocked, so you can see how much stuff happens. Like before, let's see. This first one that I see is a wish entrusted is a dream, the, the dream that Shu has about Judgment Day. There it is. That's how I figured out Judgment Day was 1985. Um, mm. There's like, I don't know, a dozen or so question mark things that happen before that. Interesting. Um, okay. Which I think is is really cool and good. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the way that it lays it out in like the the regular view of the event archive is the like, it's it's chronological in some way, because the first one I see is is the one in 1985. But then the third one I can see is uh, the the scene in 1944 with Ukino and um, Ijiyama. Um, so I think that's that is from somebody's chronological point of view. <laughs> um, Weird. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that's 
that is all the video game we've played. Yes. And I hope that this was something. <laughs> I hope that there was something of value gained uh, from us, talking, us talking about, this. about yeah. this. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. Um, if, if even if it's just like some sense of commiseration over certain aspects of the, yeah. the intro of this game, which I do just want to say, I'm extremely grateful for Chris Plant coming on our show and telling us all and about this game how to and how to do yeah. this. And I think it's going to work out really well because of his advice. But also, you lied to us, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> because Chris was like, yeah, the tutorial takes like an hour it's and a like half, a couple two hours. hours. Yeah. No, sir. It took me five and a half five hours. Five and a half, four and a half hours. Yeah. It, that's a longer time. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um Yeah. So yeah. I also just damn, we sure picked a game that talking about it is like trying to Hold sand in your hands. Yeah. I think um, um, in 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 our our DMs over the last week, we were talking about like I think you had said at some point, like, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I said, I think it's going to be really compelling of like a meta a meta arc for this season for us to start off at like what the fuck and end off with like I can give you the definition of time travel. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I can give you the definition of time travel right now. I don't know why you have any more questions about time travel in this um, game, AJ. But I, I just think I don't know. I think it'll be really satisfying to like maybe some day go back and listen to this first episode and be like ah oh, you were so young <laughs> um, uh, i don't know I, I i think it'll be good and i think it'll be nice for people to have kind of a, a resource i i think a lot of games are generally better experienced at, like in a community or like in a small group or whatever um and i think especially games like this that are so dense and require mm-hmm. this or or, or like I don't know. I just think there's something really nice to be gained from like a commiseration of like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I am yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I just hope that us trying to talk about yeah. it in a, which is a, an inherently linear thing right. um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is going to be good audio. Yeah. Cause it's just, Oh my God. Yeah. How do you wrap your arms around this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all we're talking about the game. All right. So uh, as is our want, we're going (laughs) to rank. (laughs) Yes, our duty. We are ranking the Sentinels, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have decided that two of them are not. We're not going to rank them because we haven't spent enough time with them yet. Those two are Keitaro Miura and Ryoko Shinonome. Mm -hmm. So they are unranked as of now. Mm -hmm. The others. The others. My S tier is Natsuno. Love her. Yeah. Takatoshi, who has not yet done anything to lose my favor, and Yuki. Okay. I love them all so much. Okay. Um, my A tier yeah. is Iori, Tomi. I'm bumping Tomi to S, actually. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, why is she here? Yeah. Um, so then my so my A rank is Iori and Megumi. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Of all of the girls in SRA. Uh, <laughs> my B, my B tier, I have Juro. It seems nice enough. I just like don't know anything mm-hmm, about him. Mm-hmm. 
And then I have A, again, like, don't know his personality yet, really, but his story is interesting. Mm -hmm. And Nenji Ogata. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing with Nenji. He should be ranked lower because, like, hanging around the girls' locker room to sneak a peek is shitty. (laughs) But I do think he's kind of funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) C, I have Goto. We don't know him that well yet. He just, he's kind of boring. He's around. Yeah. He's around. He's just. Yeah. Um. And my D rank is Shu Amiguchi. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, mostly, I just did that for the drama because I felt like someone needed to be ranked low. Yeah, sure. Um. Uh, sort of ostensibly because he's like kind of creepy. Um. Yeah. And kind of a you know kind of like a fuckboy, mm-hmm. but um he doesn't seem like a Sylvain fuckboy where like he's actually like got bad intentions. He's just like right. he doesn't hate women. A he's kind just, of a ladies man. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's still time for him to hate women. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, so that's mostly just for fun. That he's all the way down. There. Yeah. Um, so my S obviously Takatoshi up there. Obviously. Natsuno, Yuki, Tomi. The same. Okay. Same, same S. S because those are all S tier characters. Yeah. I think. No, I'll. I'll okay. Uh, I have, uh, Iori at A. Uh, be- mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> I like that she's sleepy. She's sleepy. I like Yori a lot. She's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have any reason to not like her. And I like her more than everybody that I put below her. So right. that is why she's a below her. We have uh, Nenji Ogata. I, I agree. Also should probably be rated lower. But look at that fucking pompadour, dude. The pompadour it's is good. very good. It's really good. And the fact that he just like yeah. shows up in everybody's story. is just like, I'm I'm here ready to fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then also it's like, oh, I'm in a robot at one point. It's like, yeah, dude, get what are you doing? Yeah, get back. Uh, and then I also have A, A there as well. I am, and I think this will be the case with a lot of my C's as well. I'm really interested in A's story, <laughs> not in yeah. not in A as a person. <laughs> I have to. Agree, um, yeah. That whatever this neo noir like uh, like detective really cool. flick that we're on to figure out our past, like I'm really mm-hmm. fucking into that. In my C tier, Megami, Jiro, and Shu. They are my C tier. I don't really feel much about them. I'm interested in Megumi's story. Not so much Megumi. I'm interested in Jiro's mm. story. Not so much Jiro. And I'm interested in Shu's story. Not so much Shu. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Um, they're kind of one note ish. Mm-hmm. Megumi's really only character trait is that she fell in love with Jiro. Like that's really all we really know yeah, about her right fair. now. Um, and that yeah. she's friends with Tomi, maybe one of the best characters in the game. So mm-hmm. and then in my D tier again, kind of for the drama. Because he could easily be C, but uh, Gauto is in a D. Just because, I don't know, maybe he's up to something. (laughs) Yeah, there is. I will say, like, I know the Sentinels are supposed to be the good guys. Mm -hmm. I don't trust the Shikishima. Oh, well, yeah, that's the thing. I think it's. And he seems to know the most about what the fuck is going on. And that to me is suspicious. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That's it. We've we are rating the main 13 Sentinels. Uh, maybe in the future we will add in some, some f- not faculty, but you know what I mean? Supporting cast, I suppose. Yeah. But, but for now that is where we stand and where we will stand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the first episode. Uh, yeah. It's a big, in- <laughs> we did it. It's so big. I, it's as big I as a robot. We didn't, and almost. we didn't mean it, but we did not mean to make this long, but, dang. but you know, you know us. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, we had said previously with Chris that we were thinking about ways that we could incorporate the various referential media 
into the show and the answer we came up with was to not put it in the show (laughs) but instead to have our own analysis tab a la the main screen of 13 sentinels where we will be talking about specific referential media so you can expect those on tuesdays through this season starting this coming tuesday where we'll be talking about War of the Worlds. And I think it'll also work out pretty good this way because this will also give you time to like listen to the episode and play through the chapters and then also consume the media over the weekend, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and then and then to come listen to kind of it's kind of going to be like a thematic discussion. We're not really going to get into the mm-hmm. nitty gritty of like the specific plot points of War of the Worlds or like E.T. Mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, it's going to be kind of more thematic and like what elements is this game kind of referencing or taking mm-hmm. into, you know, into into the game and, and, and making its own thing. So that those will be on Tuesdays. The first one will be War of the Worlds, um, the original 1938 radio broadcast, which is on YouTube and we will link to in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any additional readings as well uh, that that we will reference in the in the episode will also be in there. Yeah. Um, just so you can be fully, fully read up and, and fully engaged <laughs> with, the, with the conversation come uh, come Tuesday. So, yeah, I was an English major and AJ, you were a film. I minor? was a film minor. Yeah, I have a minor in film studies. So um, so we're we're going full liberal full arts education. Media criticism. <laughs> I discovered that apparently you can get a JSTOR uh, account for free that'll let you read a hundred articles a month that's pretty cool so we'll link that in the show notes as well so you can make your own jstor account (laughs) uh, and get a hundred articles a month so Mm. there you go otherwise well kim did you have anything else that you wanted to say about this before we move on to the closing stuff no i'm i'm ready to ready to to shift as it were <laughs> nice <laughs> don't know um, <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening uh thank you for making it to the end of this <laughs> episode Very um which was just us screaming what the hell is going on this is pretty <laughs> cool this kind of stinks what the hell is going on um, misogyny for two hours um <laughs> that's what you can expect from this season of asynchronous i guess <laughs> but no for real thank you so much for listening thank you for all the support again thank you chris plant for coming on the show last week and for coming on the show at the end of this season uh so look forward to that uh any new listeners or followers or whatever hello welcome um we have a backlog of mass effect and fire Emblem three houses which you can listen to if you'd like uh or you can listen on tuesday when we come out with the analysis or you can just wait until next thursday and listen to episode two of the 13th Sentinel season uh thank you so much to amaranthan for making our intro and outro music you can follow them on twitter you can go to their band camp and buy his music thank you to scout wilkinson for making our incredible cover art um you can find links to her stuff in our uh show notes as well uh, and thank you to the worst garbage podcast network for having us uh and continuing to have us and supporting us uh in our continued efforts to just yell about a thing for three hours <laughs> <laughs> if you want to yell about a thing in the discord with us go to the worst garbage dot online yeah find a link there links to that links to the other shows on the network anything we've talked about in this episode you can find links to that in the show notes as well uh if you want to follow me online that's at aj Falleri. follow me on twitter at okimis and you can follow the show at async pod thank you so much for listening we will see you next time unless kim did you have any words for us here of course okay. i do AJ. kim what words do you have for us aj i just wanted to ask you uh when we're done with this podcast 
we should go get some crepes. <laughs> I'm down. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get some crepes. All right, everybody, we're going to go get some crepes. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.